Where were we? Some some shithole back in Kosovo? You were shot to shit, and I was shot to shit, and the mud, and the blood, and with all that blood. And, and the then mud, we were in Iraq, and we were just caught in it. We were caught in it, and we couldn't get support. And it just, you, I was shot up, you were shot up, and we were just lying in the blood, and the mud, and Something the about them, and we were just fighting with the blood in our hands and our eyes. You know how to mud, the mud, and the blood, and the blood. I wanted to die. I don't want to die for something. I don't want to die for a woman. I want to die next to a woman. I want to die in the middle of climate. Climate. Are you a real tough guy? Look at me, you piece of trash. How many men you got? Just your mother. Welcome to Climax, Episode 5, All of Us Are Expendable. Climax, the only podcast for action movies by people who actually like action movies. I am Matt Loman. I'm Kyle McVeigh. Nick Allen. <laughs> and we are your hosts for this, I'll say it, milestone episode. Everyone. Another, another, a mile. another yeah. milestone. What What is this, five? This is five. <laughs> Can't believe it. We're we're so close. We're just closing in on a hundred. A hundred classic podcasts. We're sprinting at it. The uh, Cinco. We're doing. Uh, Cinco? We're doing the Cinco ultimate. Says? We're doing the ultimate action franchise. Expendables. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. the the quickest we've done one after one we've already completed. Instead of waiting two months. Yeah. We waited like a week and a half. Uh, it got our blood stirred up. It now it, it really did. It, mm-hmm. You know, we're just chopping down milestones, and uh, I'm excited to be here. This is gonna be a big one, guys. I'm having fun already. <laughs> Me too. This is nice. I'm glad that we all agreed that we came here to have fun today. I enjoy you two's company. <laughs> uh, I'm having a pleasant time. I don't want to call it fun yet, but I know fun is incoming. It is oh, forthcoming, fun wise. Good. That's good to do. Was that a bomb? Yeah, it's a fun bomb. You yeah. can tell it's coming. So fun I heard bomb. it. Fun I heard bomb. It I heard it coming. <laughs> it's here. So what we're is, having fun now. <laughs> what is what is the ordinance in a fun bomb? Nick? <laughs> It's uh, uh, um, it's confetti based. Two hundred, two hundred megafuns. <laughs> I kind it's of basically a, just with, a converted keg with a laugh radius of about a mile. Well, I, I kind of imagine it hits, and then instead of like you know like flechettes, it's it's confetti like Kyle said. Yeah, and then like a fine tequila mist that you yeah. inhale. You just can't help but inhale it, and then it just hits with a giant like. It sounds like the very beginning of like uh, Marty McFly tuning up in uh, in, uh, <laughs> in Back to the Future. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and then and then right into uh, the solo that opens Eruption by Van Halen. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And beers fly out and just land in everyone's hands. I, it, it sounds great. Yeah. Why aren't we funding this? I don't know why we haven't gotten into a fun war with anyone. <laughs> no other country yet. Cr- well, maybe not Australia. <laughs> we would crush everyone else. Hey, yeah. Canada, you want to go? Fun you want to have a great time? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've, uh, I've got work in the morning. And, uh, you <laughs> hey, know. shut up. Fun bomb. <laughs> oh, this, this sounds like a really good ooh, time, guys. But, ooh, oh, Molson, eh? But these, uh, Molson's, huh? These moose aren't going to patrol themselves. Mm. So you're... Uh, <laughs> Let's all get naked and ride a moose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that what they do? I, I would assume. I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever actually met anyone who's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> no one that I really count as a person. I, I literally don't think I've ever met a Canadian. Oh, I've, wait. I've met one. I've befriended one. Yeah. I mean, nothing against the Canadian people. That's just a, a straight-up fact is I don't think I've met anyone from I've Canada. met one Canadian. They cool? D- all right. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't know. Do, do, that, like, the do they thing? need fun bombs? Hey, if they were that cool, they'd be in the crew. That's what's up. Well, here's here's the thing: is if they're in that cool, they would have a representative in the Expendables. Yeah. And they don't. They do not. Unless which Ellen is lets us Canadian, ugh. which would surprise no one. Probably. I imagine when they find out someone's Canadian, they keep it on the down low. They're just yeah, not probably. for them. I don't know. I mean, Jim Carrey, Pam Anderson, yeah, Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Nathan Fillion. Fillion's Wait, Canadian. It seems like there. That's it. There's an Australian expendable, right? Uh, or would that be the next progression? No. In the forthcoming three, Mel Gibson was born in the U.S. but raised in Australia. Okay, so the Road Warrior. All okay, right. yeah, so he is the Road Warrior in this. Oh, that's <laughs> great. All right, well, let's just get right into it. Let's okay. talk about the Expendables let's talk, franchise. Let's talk about the Expendables franchise. Let's do, let's do the broad strokes. Um, if you have access to uh, Expendables 1, and it was for a while it was on Netflix, but not actually Expendables 1, it's called Inferno, the making of the Expendables, and it's pretty good. It's a pretty good watch. It's like an hour and a half long documentary. About it's probably better than the actual movie. It's definitely better than the actual movie. Um, the big thing I get it's out of it... It's called Inferno. It's called Inferno. And then like the image is just black with an embossed Expendables logo on it. It just says Inferno, the making of the Expendables. And it's... Uh, the reason I will always cut Sly Stallone's uh, slack, especially late era Sly Stallone, is when you watch Inferno, the dude cares so much. He one thousand percent gives a shit. Oh yeah, he he single handedly put this all together. Yeah, like that that's he was just like, I'm gonna get all my friends together, I'm gonna make a fucking movie, and I'm gonna direct it and write it, and I'm gonna do it all top to bottom. And I mean everything, like from craft services to where the desk should be when it walks into the room to all the camera movements, like. Mm-hmm. The man cares. And whether or not that is a good thing is a completely separate discussion. Yeah. But he's a guy who was on top, got cocky, fell. I mean, his life is basically rocky. Yeah. His life is the rocky for This is his upshot. Yeah. This is his... This part of his life is his Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I liked that one. I did too. But I'm just I saying, liked it. I did too, but I'm just saying is like this is where he's like, he's got a chance and he's going to take yeah. it. And everyone's telling him he's too old. He's like, you know, I got to keep fighting. I got to keep swinging. And he does. It's just interesting because, okay, when this franchise came out, it was completely built on just, this is old school action. Mm -hmm. This is what you grew up with. It's literally Sly, one of the guys that founded this way, this this, whole genre of film. He's like, like, no one's done this before. No one's invited all your favorite stars into one. Yeah, and he was like, I'm going to bring it back, and I'm going to give it to you, because you've lost your way. And I'm going to be <laughs> honest, in retrospect, he did, like, weirdly ignite a new, like, action renaissance in a weird way. There, well, at least, well, uh, yeah, I don't know I about think, a renaissance, well, but no. there definitely are, like, it. it's starting to go back that way again. Well, he got people Like, we have lost it. our way, you know. He, he got people hungry for it, you know. You've got people who want to go out and see, you know... Dread and and it's a it's a shame no everyone just discovered Dread on uh, at home mm-hmm. and not in theaters but yeah. you know it's like we're getting we're getting a lot more action we're getting a lot better action even if it's like direct to video Isaac Florentine who I think should do Expendables for uh, if it should ever happen um, but I think we're actually I don't know if it's a complete renaissance but I think it's got people it's like oh I did enjoy those I would like more of them yeah yeah a hundred percent. I'm uh it it just is uh 
I don't know. I lost my shit when the first one came out. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. Because I was just like, it was literally that trailer where it was just like, and this person, and Stallone, like, oh, yeah. and Lundgren, yeah. and fucking Jet Li. Yeah. It's like absolute madness. And then they're like, oh, and Terry Crews. And you're like, hmm. oh, I guess, hmm. why not? If he needs sure. to be in the, the guy from White Chicks. He's, he's a big dude, President Camacho from yeah. Idiocracy. Like, let's bring him in. Let's get him in the mix. Mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> sure. Why not? Well, he's off the wrestler. They, 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 it's great. He's- Randy Couture. He's a dangerous man. I've never seen him. <laughs> I don't know if he's an actor. Um, Steve Austin. Okay, so... Steve Austin! <laughs> all right, Stone Cold. All right. Yeah, I'm into it. Eric he's- Roberts. Huh. Well, okay. (laughs) Interesting left turn. That one guy from Dexter. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, Certainly welcome. Would not have been my first pick. Not at all. Seems if you wanted a scary Latino man, you'd go Danny Trejo, but... Yeah. um, But we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, uh, Inferno, uh, it opens. The documentary, it opens with a Steve Reeves Hercules movie. Um it and Stallone talks over it and he's like he talks about how when he was twelve, he skipped school and didn't really have direction, then he saw this Hercules movie and it changed his life. And it was about uh men trying to overcome the impossible, even at the risk of their own lives, for a higher ideal. And he says that mythology is present in every culture and he sees action movies as a continuation of it. And the thing I love most about That's- it is he has like a direct point where he started. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, this is when it started. You know, I hate all the actors and writers who are like, I just had this um, feeling within myself that I had something to share. It's like, yeah. no, you saw a thing. I had the spark in you me. You saw I a just thing and you to wanted shoot, to make that thing. Shoot people, yeah. and you just wanted to make your own version of that thing. There's no yeah. shame in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's why Stallone does uh, all these action movies and tries to he puts in all the philosophy because he's he feels it's a continuation of the myths. And in a weird way, he's he's correct. I mean, it is, and then that's part of it. A lot of Greek gods and like Hercules, definitely. I mean, he he just exists, and he <laughs> just like I, I don't know. They it, it, they were larger than life, literally larger than life, and it it makes sense to me. And I like I like his thought process there, and I, I agree with it a lot. Surprisingly deep for you know, shockingly yeah. deep. And then um, he also mentions the, the way he talks. It's like he really does see the world in kind of that black and white, good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he sees his life as like the Rocky movie. He just, um, I, I think, I don't know if it's <laughs> if it's the best philosophy, but it certainly works for him. Yeah, and um, it does show up in all of his movies. His movies are always very consistent in that ideal, in that tone, which I think is kind of weird for uh, these movies. Because he lives in a very uh, dark, gray area. And, like, literally, his job is a team of mercenaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, that are a lot of conscience for a guy whose job is murder. Yeah. yeah they're murderers a, for hire. Yeah. Mows down people. But I like that even, <laughs> even like, is in this, literally, this world of gray, and he, he is still, like, in his mind, there's still, like... A black and white, good and evil well, within I, that. I mean, it shows up throughout the first two. We'll see if it shows up in three, but it shows up in the first two where everyone, especially Jason Statham, but everyone talks about how dark he is and yeah. and, and how he's this tortured soul. Mm-hmm. And it, it never shows up except when people say it. Like mm-hmm. he wants like the Rambo uh, pathos, but he wants the one-liners and to like fist bump over a corpse with everybody else. <laughs> and um, you just you just don't see it except when they when they tell us. Yeah. 
Um, but so we'll start there. We'll start with Sylvester Stallone as Barney Ross. Um, fun fact: he's been nominated for two Academy Awards, uh, Rocky for Best Original Screenplay and Best Actor. He is the third man in history to receive those two nominations in the same film, after Charlie Chaplin and Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> so rarefied air. Well, all right. Let that just <laughs> just just marinate on that. Marinate for Charlie Chaplin wrote him a letter. He did? Yeah. No way. I was reading in that interview. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, he did an interview in uh, GQ, and he's like, what's the what's some good praise you got? And he's like, well, when I got a letter from Chaplin, he was just, just like, saying, like, congrats. Or Charlie something. Chaplin was just like, oh, and he, he invited him on the same plane of existence. And he invited him to come out to France or wherever Chaplin was, was shacking up later, And but I think he died before they hung out. That's that would awesome. have been a weird <laughs> hangout sesh. I would have loved to see Holy that. Shit. How awkward that was! Oh my god! I mean, has Chaplin ever even spoke on film? I, I thought he did. Didn't he do a talkie? I don't know. Am I wrong? I, I just kind of maybe just, that's why it's just a letter, not a phone call. I just kind of picture. <laughs> I, Maybe you, Stallone will eventually do a silent on uh, a silent expendables. I would love to see And they're just Stallone killing people. Stallone's version of the artist, definitely. I mean, like, oh no, my skull's cracked. Crack could, could you imagine? It's this beautiful patio overlooking the the azure blue ocean of southern France, mm-hmm. and it's Stallone and his version of English, and then Charlie Chaplin just silently reacting to him. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck. I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> um, what's everyone's favorite Sly movie? <sighs> I don't know. Demolition tough, Man. It's probably. I, I mine's probably Demolition Man, which is why I'm super excited for three. I mean, it's up there. I really like First Blood Part Two. It's <sighs> really good. I mean, mm. he shoots that guy with an exploding arrow, and it blows everything up except for the shoes. Oh man, that's just good writing. He teaches yeah. Sandra Bullock how to have sex in Demolition Man. <laughs> but he does. He does. He does. The first time he says "expendable" is in First Blood Part Two. It's like what? I'm expendable, and then oh, yeah. and then his his. Oh, you can Vietnamese... tell that that's where it was like in his brain from the time <laughs> forever cooking. Just slow cooking. It. it took thirty years. And then his Vietnamese conduct. What that mean? Expendable <laughs> it means uh means if you don't show up to a party, no one cares. <laughs> and then as she dies. John, you're not expendable. <laughs> she dies. Shit. Nick, mm. what's your favorite Sly movie? Uh, I might have to give it to Rocky. Give it to Rocky? Yeah. Rocky's super good. Hey. back in the subsequent, you know, the Rocky franchise. Everything but five is solid. Yeah. <laughs> it's all pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you got Mr. T. He brought all of his buddies from all of, the, all of his films back, which Except is what T. I love. Yeah. He didn't bring T. He didn't bring back Hulk Hogan. Oh, that's too bad, because Hogan would have been up for it. Yeah, Hogan you, That's down. upsetting. Do you guys remember when the first Expendables came out, and we were all like, oh, Dolph Lundgren. I love Dolph Lundgren. And we started looking up all these old videos of him, and we came across the one where he's hosting some... Okay, so in, in, in Europe, they have <laughs> yeah. this thing called like Eurovision, the Euros or whatever, and every country puts together like a song and dance variety show routine, and they all compete against it's each other. It's a horrifically dumb idea. And then in like <laughs> 2000 or 2001, Sweden submitted theirs, and it opens with a blackout, 
and then a bunch of people panicking on stage, and then Dolph Lundgren comes out with a fucking torch, <laughs> and then it's like all of a sudden the lights come back on, and they start playing a little less conversation. Dolph Lundgren lumbers around the stage, singing, singing it, stating it, <laughs> a little less conversation, a little more action, baby, and then and then in the midst of it, he does a karate demonstration where he shatters ice, and then does a drum solo. Yeah, um, stop this right now, and then Google like Dolph Lundgren Elvis or Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Eurovision because it's totally worth your time. It's amazing. Just skip to like a minute ahead because they're speaking Swedish and it's comedy and <laughs> it doesn't work. But as soon as Lundgren shows up, magic. It's uh, <laughs> it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yep, it's the first one that. But yeah, I, is this the first time we've ever talked about Lundgren on this show? Yeah. This is the first time we talked about a lot of these guys on the show. Yeah, we handled this sad. like assholes. Yeah. But it's okay. We we probably should have done like our Mount Rushmore first. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will get the Sly Arnold to get his own show. Yeah, Van Dam will get his own show. Dolph might get his own show. Yeah, um, but we'll get to it. Okay, so next up on my list is Terry Crews, um, former defensive end in the NFL. His part was originally supposed to go to Wesley Snipes, but Snipes couldn't leave the country because of his tax problems. <laughs> you know, because of jail stuff. Yeah. Then it went to Forrest Whitaker. Who was on board for a while. That's awful. And then Whitaker dropped out. Then it went to 50 Cent. But 50 decided he was about the music. Of course. And then Cruz. If 50 Cent was in there, could you imagine the rap songs that could? Oh, he would have probably done the theme, right? Oh, God. Is that true? We will get to Or or the theme just would have been Candy Shop. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think would have been great. I mean, but but couldn't you just, like, his his first song, like, as they're gearing up, like, Go shorty. And then it's just like loading guns, hits your birthday, and then just like walking in slow motion Why from killer? the plane. That's so good. Oh, I want to edit that now. Uh. Okay, so Terry Crews, not an action guy. Um, his entire career up to this point was being cast against a type he was never cast as. He's yeah. always like the black dude who really wishes he was white and white chicks. Or he's like, you know, the gangster with no name, with no lines in training day. He's always playing like this this impression of somebody that he never actually played. Mm-hmm. They just needed like a giant black guy. And it's like, wouldn't it be weird if he didn't act like a stereotypical giant black guy? Yeah. And then, I mean, like, he was in Gamer, where he was terrifying. <laughs> and then the only other role where he held a gun was as President Camacho in Idiocracy. <laughs> which is perfect. Which is amazing. <laughs> so aside from Gamer, this like, this movie... Is a Expendables second action role. Gave second. him a step up into action role. Yeah. Whereas it's not taking old action stars and bringing your favorite in. The weird thing about Cruz now is that I just think of him strictly as a comedy guy. Yeah. I can't (laughs) even, like, he looks the part of an action dude, but after Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's just like, I can't. Well, 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 forgetting forgetting for a moment the the Young Expendables in 3, which we're going to watch this coming Thursday, um, he's the only person in this entire cast whose career feels like it's in Ascent. Yes, a hundred, yeah. He's the only one who feels like he could probably do stuff that's not this. Well, it already did. This this movie Vaulted, bolstered yeah. him to a regular TV gig where he's fucking awesome. Yeah, he just t- tiny, kills it. Tiny Terry loves his Golden Globe winning <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> oh, God. And his yeah. name in that is Terry. <laughs> of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? It's Don't give him name. a new name. Yeah. It's a perfect name. Uh, favorite role? I'm just I'm just gonna go with uh, Terry on Brooklyn Nine Nine or President Kamacho. He's a hundred percent my favorite on Brooklyn Nine Nine. But he would fell asleep doing pull ups in the show. But he was so good as the bad guy <laughs> in Gamer. I mean, he was fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I'm glad I'm glad he dodged that. Didn't have to be a villain. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up on my list, I have Jet Li, who Legend. got who got to be the most ride or die expendable in one, and then could not wait to get the fuck out of there. Expendables two. He jumped out of a plane to escape Expendables two. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, uh, got- yeah he just was kind of gone. Uh, <laughs> in one, it was so good. It's so funny because uh, we were talking about it. Matt and I were talking about it, but it's like they didn't do a real good job in the first movie of giving everyone a thing. Like there wasn't a lot of character building, and I don't need like a lot of character building in an action movie. But certainly, I need everyone to specialize in something. Yeah, absolutely. In, in a movie like this, in a movie where it's like a crew, everyone needs a specialty so bad. And you need to make it clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, they didn't really do that in the first movie. Well, but he, it's funny he was that smaller. Well, the way that they, <laughs> That's the, it. the it's way that they, no, Jet Li's whole thing in the first movie is that he's greedy and a liar. <laughs> listen. He's like, a greedy liar. Listen, yeah. listen, he's small. As 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 the Asian American member of this podcast, I'll say it. As our Jet Li. Him really <laughs> jumping into capitalism and yeah. greed. Super Chinese American. <laughs> like I just I can't even tell you how spot on that is to like all of my relatives and the Asian people I know who are like, No no no, capitalism's the future because I'm gonna win at it. Like that's, that's, that's basically what it is. <laughs> he, he may be the most accurate character across all three of these films. That's so funny. Um Okay, so his name is Ying Yang. God damn it. <laughs> and when I first when they first called him Okay, Ying Yang, could it be that's the only sign that it's super obvious that Stallone wrote this movie. <laughs> the names of everyone. Then he thought that it was really funny. Well, first I was like, his nickname's Ying Yang. Yo, that's racist. <laughs> but maybe they're his friends, so he lets them call him. You know, you know, Ying Yang. You can say meaner things to your yeah. friends. And then I found out it was his real name. And I was like, Yo, that's racist. That's like, racist. I can't decide which one was more racist. Also, the, if I, I'm certain from the first movie that none of them really know each other on a personal level. <laughs> There's constantly but, like in the first movie, you're, you're just like they're just like. I, do you have a family? Do you have a family? Does he have a family? He doesn't have a family. They don't know each other at all. And then when they're riding to the plane to kill Eric Roberts, uh, Terry Crews' character is explaining his ammunition. Like, this is the first time they've worked together. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like I've been working on this. Oh, you got on this, this one that, like... that will paste everyone? Why didn't we use that early? Why don't we use that always? <laughs> also, have you seen my ear? Okay. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Is... I, I have this under Jet Li because I was just thinking of the names. This is the biggest failure of Expendables in honoring old action movies. Mm-hmm. Is everyone has like a pun name? They have a, a I'm doing finger quotes here. A yeah. Clever name. Yeah. No one has an action movie name. Hail Caesar. Yeah, that's kind of a. There's that, no, that's the worst part about there's it. There's no John Spartans. There's no Simon Phoenixes. There's no Jericho Action Jackson. There's no Chance Bordeaux. There's no John Rambo's. There's no Kurt Sloans. Like. Trench Church. What happened? Like Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's all really Toll Road. Like Toll Toll Road's awful. That's a GI Joe name. That's not even an action movie name. That's a GI Joe name. (laughs) They all are Hail Caesar, uh, Lee Christmas. So they can make Christmas coming. Like I don't think Dolph Lundgren has a last name. And then Stallone is Barney. I'm surprised Barney Ross wasn't Barney Rubble or something like that. Well, I looked. I looked into it, and there's like five different Barney Rosses. I don't know if any of them are real. But one was like a Marine in World War II. Another one was like a world champion boxer in the 30s. And there was like another one who was, you know, like... It's still a terrible action name. Like, I I get that it's, you know, respect to those guys, but it's a terrible action name. He should have just been like, "This this is Rambo. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I Like, just make up a cool name. (laughs) No one cares. Rambo's such a good name. (laughs) I know. Such a good name. 
Um, okay, so uh, everyone's favorite Jet Li flick. Oh, God. Fist of Legend. I like Fist of Legend. I, I watch Fearless a lot. I know it's not like the best. Fearless. Um, you can like Fearless. He fights with a triple staff. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Fearless. It's pretty fucking I'll cool. Fearless. Listen, listen. Or... Oh, or the God. one where he's, he's so, Bob Hoskins' dog person. I will say the one that introduced me to him uh, was it Lethal Weapon Four. <laughs> oh, and then and then I retroactively went back and watched all Jet where he's films. he's shaved with like bleach blonde hair. No, yeah. that's Rush Hour. Oh shit, that's racist. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, I got racist as shit. That's racist as hell, dog. My bad, guys. My bad. My bad. My bad. Oh, thank God, he's actually in Lethal Weapon Four. I, there's a half second there of like. Nick, that was Jackie sorry, Chan. Guys, sorry, guys. <laughs> Nick, that was Michelle Yao. Oh shit! Listen, listen two thirds of this podcast that was Kelly White as hell. Um, I like Fist of Legend. Um, Fearless is definitely great. That that fight sequence at the end where he fights all the different styles and then uses the triple mm-hmm. staff is great. Mm-hmm. Fearless is fucking awesome. Um, there's a little too much uh, wire. wire. Work, yeah, that's but what takes once me out. But one time in China. Is great. There's a cool. there's a magnificent fight at the end of What's the Time in China where with ladders, where they trade ladders and they're mm-hmm. like just flipping around this room. It's really well done. Um, but that's probably one of my favorite wirework films. Next up, uh, main cast Jason Statham, former diver for the English God, National so Squad. Um, <laughs> he was Guy Ritchie's homeboy, then Luke Besson's homeboy. Now he's Sly's homeboy. He's fucking great. And the weird thing is, I I was talking to Matt about it. He always has the hardest hitting hand to hand fights in these movies. Like, well, it's because he's, and I mean, realistically, he's the only guy young enough to do it. Yeah. Besides Jet Li, who just does hand to hand well intuitively because he's trained <laughs> yeah. like a fucking machine From like eight. since he was like eight. Yeah. But like, Statham's the only like guy who is young enough to like fucking hang and like every fight that he has in these it's first still two movies. still jacked, but not bulky. But like, every fight he has, he like, move. you watch it and you're like, Fuck, it looks like he broke those dudes. Like, when he goes... We'll talk about that later. But, like, he always gets these hard-hitting fights. And it's because he's that younger, like, newer action generation. Yeah, he's He's as new... He's basically Generation 2. Yeah. He's... Okay, of all these guys... Generation 3. Of all these guys, when people, like, get in his face and they talk trash... Like, I believe everyone, but him especially, like, sells it. Yeah. Like, he's dangerous. Like, if he... He's like, oh, he's got that. Do that. He's got that fucking you face. Him. He's got a face of a fucking hawk. He looks like he'll like, like, yeah, you're right. He a looks murder genuinely hawk. like he would kill you. You know what makes him the scariest is his, his his hair and then his facial hair are always the exact same length. And for some reason, that makes me uneasy. It's, it's like that weird hair. Oh bit. God, where like, does his head really begin? Oh, I got to go for that. I was yeah. going for the Tim Howard now, but now I think I should go. I for think the I think you should try. I think you should test out the Statham hair mm-hmm. because it. it I makes gotta me get a chin first. Very uneasy. It's weird because it's like, where does your scalp begin? <laughs> it, it does, Is it, your do you consider your cheek scalp now, or <laughs> what is happening? It does whatever it needs to do. Um, I want to say this. I would love to see Steve, uh, Statham team up with post-Sherlock Holmes Guy Ritchie. Now, that Guy Ritchie's got a, uh, got a taste mm. for shooting action. Yeah. And all those... Um, oh, he'd be so good. All the cool GoPro stuff he does, especially during the sequence where they're running through the woods in Sherlock Holmes 2. Yeah. With, like, loading the cannons mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I think... I think Great action sequence. I think action Statham and action Richie need to. I can't team believe back they up. haven't yes. crossed paths guys, yet. That's guys crazy. get back together, guys. Yeah, I know both of you listen yeah. to this podcast. You it's better a very get back podcast. together. Get together, shoot whatever you want. I'll buy I you beers. I'll buy you beers, guy. Guy, 
how much do you miss hey, shooting the London underworld now? The contemporary London underworld. Mm-hmm. Now, basically, have someone kill Jason Statham's character's wife and unleash him on those people. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. I, the, the worst, but how, Guy Ritchie, how mad are you that Sherlock is the fucking status quo representation <laughs> of London right now? Don't you want to get in there? Are, Don't you want to show him what it's about? Does that not upset you? You should be upset. You want Cockney rhyming slang? You want that back? I want it. You want you want colorful gangsters? And then you want them being spin kicked out of windows. Oh, God. <laughs> out of windows, out of moving vehicles, out of just everything. Oh, God bless. I mean, like a thinly disguised Get Carter remake with more karate. <laughs> Think how good the Stath would do in a bare knuckle fight. <laughs> I mean, just... Ready a gypsy bare knuckle. I mean, we already saw it in uh, Transporter, which is my favorite Statham flick. Is Transporter One? It's so good. Where <laughs> he strips down, gets oiled up, and then takes on thirty dudes. Why wouldn't he? God damn it! With the fucking bike pedal shoes, so he doesn't slip. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. So uh, Transporter One is my favorite Statham, but Safe is fucking nuts. If you've not seen Safe, Safe is highly underrated. Mm. I. I, I uh, uh, out of five fist bumps, I give it six. <laughs> Even the mechanic doesn't really suck. No, it's just I wanted more action out of the mechanic. Yeah. And I wanted Ben Foster to do more action stuff. Yeah, that was the um, Everyone else, favorite Statham? I love the transporter. I think it's so fucking cool. I don't like, I don't like two, I really like three. Oh, you like three a lot? Yeah. Yeah, I like the first one. I, I, I'll watch the first one over and over I liked, again. I liked... Yeah. Um, Crank's a lot of fun to oh, watch. shit! It's, yeah, I'm going to have to stop. give it to Crank. I forgot about Crank. <laughs> All right. How did I forget about Crank? There's I a Godzilla go fight I got to go it. back because I like Crank 2. <laughs> crank 2 is even more insane than Crank. Let's 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 get this out of the way. Does everyone want to do their Jason Statham from Crank impressions? <laughs> no. No. Just get it let's out save it because we should do those movies. We got to do let's a Statham. The movies. We got to do Statham cast. We'll do a transporter, and then we have to do Crank 1 and 2 because it's nuts. <laughs> All right, so it's been decided Statham will get his own podcast at some point. Yes. yes. I still need to see Homefront where he fights James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix. I know. I saw it. I put it on my list. I'm I like, like, I'm going to watch you. Wait, he's, he, fights James he plays Franco. It like a down-home Southern American about to <laughs> fight James Franco. Fight fight uh, tweaker meth kingpin Is James this Franco. like one of the most one-sided <laughs> fights ever? I don't it's know. It's got to be. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh. Faulkner it would be funny, though, Statham now, just mowing down all the henchmen that Franco hires, and then eventually, like, Franco's I, like, I'm, oh, God. Oh I God. mostly hate James Franco because it seems like he can just do whatever he wants Yeah, now. and it's he's very upset, And he uses that power to do the dumbest shit. Yes. <laughs> um, but that's just because I'm not a Faulkner fan. Okay, so next on my list, I have Randy Couture. Who I wanted to make fun of. Who is the least expendable? Who, who? I mean, like, I mean, literally, like, not like the one we should save the most. Just he's the. He's definitely the one. He's my least favorite. Well, expendable. Here's my far. He's the most expendable. Literally, because it would have no emotional impact. Here's my thing. I came in here ready to make fun of him. Yes. And then during my research, I looked into his past, and I will never make fun of Randy Couture. Because 30 fights, 19 wins, 7 by KO, 4 by submission, 8 by decision. He was in the Army in the 80s. He made sergeant in the 101st Airborne. Jesus. Wrestled mm. in the Army, Olympic, Olympic alternate, and NCAA division runner-up. He signed up for the wrong kind of wrestling by mistake and made the team anyway. 
Uh, first UFC fighter to win belts in two Wait, the classes. wrong kind of wrestling? Yeah, there's freestyle and there's Olympic wrestling. He, like, he, like, oh. he like wanted to do the really gay wrestling. Yeah, he, he wanted to do freestyle, and then he signed up for Olympic, and he was still the captain of that squad. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, first UFC fighter to win belts in two weight classes at age 40. Became the heavyweight champ for the third time at 43. I can't believe he was 43. He defended his title against Gabriel Gonzaga, and during the fight... He broke his arm. It was clean through his ulna. He won the fight by TKO due to strikes. So he broke one of his arms and then kept hitting the other guy so hard, the ref and the judge was like, we have to stop this. <laughs> no! His arm was broken and he won by punching. How like, did they make him the worst expendable? Why did they do that? Because he, he can't He's act. the only person that could kill them. He can't act. He could have killed anyone on that set. That's <laughs> if terrifying. If he can't act, give him less monologues about ears yeah. and more punching Listen, people Yeah, to I was death. trying to figure out what his whole, like... Like, what was his deal? His deal is his gross cauliflower ear and then self-improvement. For my thing, my, my, which is awful. when I saw him, my take on his character is he was the skinny nerd mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. And then kind of filled out. Yeah. But he's still that skinny nerd in his heart. Mm-hmm. He's always very defensive. And, just, then, and then they very wisely gave him three lines at Expendables 2. Yeah, no, one I, of which is just him rolling his eyes and saying, retard. <laughs> I don't mind him just buy, being there. I buy that but one. But, like, definitely not, I don't know. I'm just going to f- get this out of the way. Like, I don't get why he needed the ear thing. It could, like, I know he has a cauliflower. Listen, they're, they're guys who go out and fight. I would expect half of them to have cauliflower ear. I think that's Did, just Stallone trying to give him a quirk. Okay. Yeah, that um, was it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's what it was. I, he was trying to do what... A lot of, which is what we're trying to touch on by breaking down each person, is just in an action movie with this many people, you got to give them a quirk, you got to give them a specialty, you got to give them something that people immediately, the audience is like, I know what this person is about. Okay. And his thing was a cauliflower. All right, maybe, ear, maybe which since. Is not here, a good here, thing. All right, here, I got I, I found it. Maybe since he wasn't the best at acting, he gave him something that he could relate to and probably told him. Like in between takes, he's like, "Yeah, just, definitely, just do that. Draw from your life, draw from your real life. Use it, use it." <laughs> oh shit, that was really good. I just want cut, cut, use it. Randy. You are disgusting. <laughs> oh, Sly, I don't, I don't know if you need to go that far. Use it. Well, it's just it feels like use it. Use it. Well, I'm actually very sensitive and real. Use it. Talk about Randy's ears. Action. Everyone. Everyone. Make fun, everyone. everyone. Make fun of Randy's ears. Jason, you're a very mean person in real life. Attack his ears. Everyone. Write it. Write it on the white thing. The slapper. Everyone. Ear conversation. Go. Take one. They look like disease vaginas. Build from that. <laughs> take it from there. <laughs> Gross. They do look like that. Dolph Lundgren. Giant Swede. Chemistry degree from Washington State University. Can I just say something? Let's just note, first of all, Dolph Lundgren. Podcast favorite. Podcast. Podcast 100%. Put a little asterisk, or not asterisk, a star next to it. Gold star. I think we could get him for the show. (laughs) There's a chance. There's a very big chance, thanks to our big time Hollywood connection. If he could fit in the studio. (laughs) If only he could fit in the fucking studio. When Explosio Magico Worldwide moves to its new location and we have the proper podcasting suite, Mm -hmm. I think we'll be able to get him in. Um, I I don't know about all of his knives. 
but uh, but no. certainly him. I don't know. But as per his contract, there's going to be about seventy five pound dumbbells just off to the side that he'll be and, curling and Ludovisk, mm-hmm. just rotten salmon. That's a delicacy <laughs> in, in former Viking cultures. Uh, career: He's got a chemistry degree from Washington State U. Chemical engineering from the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm, and a master's in chemical engineering from University of Sweden. He stopped doing that to be a bodyguard for his girlfriend, Grace Jones. <laughs> Who didn't Jesus. need a bodyguard. He's a third-degree black belt in Kyokushin Karate and the European champion in 1980 and 1981. The man is a genius and a killer. <laughs> He's the most accomplished person <laughs> He's in the entire Expendables <laughs> cast. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the on most, a personal level, he's, the most he's com- by far the most fulfilled. He's the most complete person. <laughs> yes. He's had significant training in both the physical and mental. I'm going to say emotional, probably. Probably. Um, and yet they give him, after Couture, probably the least to do. It, well, you know what's nice is, uh, you know, in the first one, they're just like, you're a junkie trader. And then he, you know... Is suddenly alive, I guess, at the end. (laughs) But, like, in the second one, what I really loved was that they finally started to draw on his real life. And they were like, Gunna went went to school, and he knows how to build a bomb. Oh, yeah, he he pulls out the napkin and draws Einstein's theory theory or something. He's like, and I made it better. And he blows his nose into it. Because that's Stallone communicating to us that he doesn't give a fuck. I loved it. (laughs) And they made him a perf. Like, that's... (laughs) Yeah, they made him a perv in the second movie. That was kind of... I hated that kind of... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make I any sense. I feel like a little Chinese. Like, here's, here's, here's the thing. is Dolph Lundgren is legitimately, like, a quadruple threat. Yeah. And he's a quadruple threat, literally, in that he's a threat to your life. <laughs> he, would, he, could, he could kill you. He can obviously sing, if you look up that YouTube video. <laughs> Oh. It's not. I, I, I disagree. It's more of him stating. Okay, he could sing better than you and I. Absolutely, he can play the drums. He's a, he's a musician. He's a martial artist. He's a chemical engineering genius. Oh, God. And he's an actor. Terrifying. Uh, why isn't he the star of this movie? <laughs> I'm genuinely confused. I he should have been the number two. He, I don't know why he like wasn't. a Viking movie. Why wasn't his name Vi- why wasn't his code name Viking in this movie? Like long in ship. these movies, his name should have been Viking. Thor. It should have been Thor. <laughs> long ship Thor. Something. He, he, he should have been Odin in the Marvel Thor movies. I don't know why. Oh god, that would have been so good. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Marvel. Hopkins, if you're listening, I know you listen to this podcast, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. just replace. <laughs> no one will say anything if you just drop in Dolph Lundgren as Odin. No one would be mad. I have to go to my Odin sleep. I'm in my Odin <laughs> yeah, sleep. To the Odin. This is what I call the Odin formula. You're a cruel, (laughs) arrogant boy. Go. (laughs) Go! Um, so, so yeah, opportunities lost by Marvel, by Lionsgate, just by everyone who's ever encountered him. But here's the question. What's everyone's favorite Dolph Lundgren movie? I... There's Rocky IV. There's another movie. A lot of people haven't seen it called I Come in Peace, uh, and it's also titled Dark Angel, nope. where he plays a vice cop Mm-mm. in Texas yep. who has what? to stop an Why? alien invasion. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it, have you seen it? Yeah. Is it good? Yes. <laughs> he, he Guess goes, what we're doing after is this. Is it really good? He goes, after a, he goes after a gang called the White Boys, and they're white-collar criminals who sell heroin, <laughs> and no one wants to go after them because they're connected. And then he To wages, what? He wages, aliens? <laughs> no, he wages a one-man war against them and then finds this uh, 
this like it's basically the 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 predator's throwing disc. Nope. And he finds it, and he finds out that there's an alien who's collecting human uh, uh, brain chemicals, uh, like neurochemicals <laughs> and endorphins and stuff, because they're a drug on their planet. Oh, and then if he it. doesn't team up with this FBI agent who knows the truth to stop them. <laughs> Earth will be invaded by alien drug dealers who no, <laughs> will harvest oh us. God. Who's the FBI agent? Some who's not Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's guys. Uh, I come in peace or Dark Angel. It's on Amazon streaming. Oh man! Uh, out, out, out of from one to five fist bumps, I give it an eight. I give it eight fist bumps. That's great. He's wow. in the Universal. Soldier, I mean, I'm isn't a, he? yeah. He's in Dolph. all the Universal soldiers. I love Red Scorpion a lot. <laughs> His little shorts. Red Scorpion's great. You guys should watch that. Red Scorpion's about an essay. Uh, I was just going over uh, Dolph's uh, IMDb, and apparently he's in an episode of Chuck, the TV series. Yes! He, Marco at Chuck versus the anniversary. The important thing is, does he fight Jane? I don't know. Oh, shit. That would have been good. We'll, we'll have to look into that. Uh, oh. But Red Scorpion is about a, a Spetna soldier in Africa. <laughs> who decides to become a good guy, and then he runs around and I'm going to say the smallest shorts I've ever seen on a straight man, <laughs> and a machine gun that's usually fixed to the top of a Soviet tank. Oh my and just god! Fighting helicopters. He did. Oh god, he's beautiful in it. <laughs> oh, it's such a good movie. Um, so Nick, what? Where did you come down on your favorite Dolph Lundgren movie? Oh, I was going to say Universal Soldier. That's the Spirit Soldier. Next up, we have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Three-time Mr. Universe, seven-time Mr. Olympia, once the highest-paid actor in the entire world, and the governor of the seventh largest economy on the planet. <laughs> it's not a tumor. He's, damn it. He's, it's he's, never time. He's the ultimate immigrant. He's beautiful. Well, he lived the American dream. He, he came here. He did it. He became the biggest and the strongest, then he became the richest, <laughs> and, and then he, he wanted to be a Kennedy. Powerful. Like, it's... <laughs> He, yeah, he just wanted to be an immigrant Kennedy. Let's make him president. <laughs> let's just do it. I let's don't care. Let's bend the rules. Let's demolition man it and get that no get cares. that amendment and let's just make him president. I I'm oh, 100% yeah. behind that it. That callback. <laughs> I'm 100% behind it. Um fun fact, uh he was also inspired by a Hercules movie, but it was Reg Park who's an English actor. Oh wow. Who made him decide to get into bodybuilding and acting. Um so yeah, so him and Stallone um, oh, fun fact! So, in the Inferno uh, documentary, he goes, he goes. It's good to have friends, but sometimes it's good to have benevolent adversaries. And then it cuts to uh, him talking to Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> benevolent adversaries. Uh, IGN That's has an. What he said. Didn't they really hate each other? For IGN a while? has an amazing article on uh, them making a escape plan, which was only okay. Yeah. Um, but about them like hating each other through like the eighties and nineties, oh, and they finally just became friends because no one else wanted anything to do with them, <laughs> so they would just like hang out together and they just became bros. Um, we have a lot more in common than I would have thought. <laughs> Here's the thing: I-, I love you. I think we should be together <laughs> always. <laughs> Grow my snake, you idiot. I, I'm just kidding. I, I like to imagine it was the exact same way in uh, Step Brothers. What, what's your favorite dinosaur? Velociraptor. Oh my god. Did we just become best friends? Oh, uh, yeah. I like the Velociraptor. Do you want to do karate in my garage? Yeah. If it's boxing. Um, what's everyone's favorite Arnold movie? <laughs> I don't even know. It probably changes every time. I love True Lies a lot. 
I have mm. I have five written down. <laughs> well, pick one. Terminator Two, Predator, Conan, The Running Man, and Total Recall. And you don't then, get to name them all. And Commando. then I just remembered True Lies, and I just remembered Commando. <laughs> <laughs> what about Last Action Hero? <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> it's up there. It's a Shane Black movie, so of it's course madness. I love it. Um, if I had to pick one that I had to watch forever, I would probably pick Predator. But that will change tomorrow. <sighs> it's really yeah. I feel like his movie, my favorite Schwarzenegger movie, could change on any given day. What is it today? It's True Lies today. Today, yeah, I'm into it. The first, first in my mind was Predator. God. And that's probably the one I rewatch the most. And yet, I feel like I'm just letting down the side by not picking a fucking James Cameron directed <laughs> action spectacular <laughs> Terminator. Oh, back when we gave a shit what James Cameron did. Yeah. Um. Now uh, he just kind of does stuff. James he just puts it out there. James, I know you listen to this podcast. Please come back to action. <laughs> come back, man. I know you think Avatar may be action. When you're done, it's it's not. It's just it's just Pocahontas it's that not. you put explosions in. You 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 made dances with wolves with blue cat people. Ugh. That's what you did. Ugh. Please come back to action. Please, please, please do a heist movie. All you did was keep Sigourney Weaver from doing other cool things. And you killed her, you big idiot. Oh, that was dumb. God damn. I'm really upset at you, James. <laughs> Nick, what's your favorite Schwarzenegger movie? Is it still Predator? <laughs> Yeah, I'd say Predator. All right, first all this Cameron talk is making me depressed. <laughs> it's like if, it's like if Gareth Evans from the Raid was just like, you know what I'm going to do, guys? Do a documentary about flowers. Although I did Ugh. watch a lot of Kindergarten Cop, John Kimball, but it's such a good I movie. Think it's not my favorite. But Who's daddy? What good. does he do? <laughs> God damn it! Here's how racist the uh, small town in Indiana I grew up in was. Yes, everyone was convinced I was the little kid who threw up spaghetti. From kindergarten cop. They thought you were that kid? Yeah. Here's how racist even <laughs> white suburbia, yeah. it, like, even being a white kid was. Everyone just thought I was Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> even or, against our own kind. Yeah, even against our own kind. They were just like, you're Macaulay Culkin. And I was like, ah! <laughs> not, that, not, was, that wasn't that was Ralphie. Not Ralphie. I don't know. Ralphie story. came in college. Uh, yeah. That hurts. Yeah, that it did. That stings. Because uh, I got glasses. I had put on enough weight by college that uh, I couldn't even get like a cool, like, oh, you're like Asian, you're like fucking jelly looking motherfucker. It's like, nah, it's Hamo Hong. <laughs> Mar- you're fucking martial law. You, you and Arsenio <laughs> Hall. Fuck. You know what I'm I like really that upset out about? Here in it? LA, Matt's even been mistaken for a Mexican. I've been mistaken for everything. Yeah. I didn't realize how upset I was that I'll never be able to write for martial law until now. <laughs> Time for the reboot. <laughs> Time for the reboot. <laughs> Who can we get? People. Sam Hung. <laughs> Just bring him back. Remember that Kill Point movie he did with Donnie Yen? Bring him back. 20 years. He's still good. He's still got it. The question is, who's going to be our Arsenio? I don't know. <laughs> and I probably just want to see Snipes. Listen, Bring him in. All I'm saying is that if it's if it's Nick Cannon, if his name even enters the conversation, we're not doing it. I walk. That's fine. <laughs> okay, we won't do that. Okay, and then the last Bruce Willie. Bruce Willis, he's one of the Bruce lucky Willie. few actors who gets to transition from TV success to film success. It's mm-hmm. like him, Clooney. Who else is there? Who else made the jump? <laughs> Catherine Heigl, Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Chandler. No, absolutely not. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. No, yeah, Seth, Seth Rogen. Absolutely. Seth Rogen and oh, James yeah, Franco. All the, all the Apatow. No, guys. just yeah. Seth Rogen and James Franco. <laughs> Martin Martin Starr is hilarious. He's not famous. No. <laughs> he's not he's not gonna open a movie on Martin Starr. No. 
That's too bad. That's really it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Chris Pratt. <clears throat> well, yeah, oh, that's that's in the midst of happening. It's, uh, it's Buff Chris Pratt's world. We just live in it. That's true. I just can't wait it's for him. It's a great time to be alive, folks. <laughs> I can't wait for him it's to get an action movie. Great time. I can't wait for Andy Dwyer to get a fucking action movie. God, Guardians God of the it. Galaxy was so perfect. Uh, okay, no, no, we're gonna try. Gonna try. No, no, no okay. shut up. Okay, quick fun fact about Bruce Willis: he was originally the bad guy in Ocean's Eleven, but bailed to make a jazz album. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much he did need the money. You know what I will say? I'm glad to hear that he doesn't need the money. <laughs> Because I hear a lot of my heroes that are just like, I gotta start making shit again because I blew it all. Hang on, hang on. I blew it all up my nose. If you go back and you look at Bruce Willis's IMDb, mm-hmm. he's done a lot of stuff for money. Yeah. He's done a lot of direct-to-video stuff. He probably should have done Ocean's Eleven. Like, he's fine. Yeah. Financially. Well, it's also weird because it, I, I feel like... Well, it depends. How was his blues out? Despite the fact that we shit on <laughs> Soderbergh good. a bunch for Haywire, Ocean's Eleven is a wonderful movie. All and three of them. It's him, yeah. top form, and it, yeah, Bruce Willis as the bad guy in that would have been fucking awesome. Listen, listen, straight up, I love Steve Soderbergh. I will punish him forever for Haywire. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's favorite Bruce Willis flick. Is anyone going to say something that's not Die Hard? No. Maybe a Fifth Element? Fifth Element, probably. Maybe Fifth me. Element. Maybe just Last Boy Scout, just to be fun. Fuck, Last Boy Scout. <laughs> 12 Monkeys is fun. Oh, God. It's one of those new keys. Mm-hmm. The kind that shred. Yeah. Okay, so that's everyone I have. Does anyone have any other... That's the main cast. About the cast. That, that's who stays through the entire series. So well, apparently it, not Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Apparently he got replaced by Harrison Ford, but oh, yeah. we'll get to that uh, later. Um, he gets replaced by old Grandpa Grumbles. <laughs> Grandpa Grumpy. Old Grumpy Gramps. Grandpa Gravel Boys. Old... Gravel diapers? Dr. Indiana Jones on the fuck out of here. Once again, the diapers enter the mix. The fuck is wrong? Yeah, what's going on, Kyle? Things okay at home? Yeah. Um, So, Expendables, 2010, directed by Sylvester Stallone, written by Sly and a man named David Callum. Uh, From what I can gather from my research, David Callum had wrote a script called The Expendables, same basic plot. Oh, okay. Um, And then uh, it got bought, and then Stallone kind of did a pass on it. He did uh, Doom with The Rock, and then he did Horseman and Telltale, which I've not seen either. He's a really interesting IMDb pick. Really? It's a picture of, like, a woman playing uh, Snow White, and then he's behind it in, like, metal makeup. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I'm the bassist in a metal band, like, makeup. Oh, shit. I gotta see that. Oh, God. Was this the dude that sued him? I think so. Oh, he sued So he him. also got, got the credit? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was probably more of a, like, WGA... Like, arbitration. Arbitration. Uh, Sly got 14 injuries making this movie, including breaking a tooth, rupturing his ankle, and getting a hairline fracture in his neck that required the circle, surgical insertion of a metal plate. Jeez. He also, at one point, had bronchitis and shingles during the shoot. Oh, God, he got shingles? That's how old he is? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, He's getting grandpa diseases. The, well, he was in... Were they shooting in like? South also, America let's talk about how old him and Stallone are. Er, Stallone and Schwarzenegger are because I didn't realize it. Yeah, they're nearly seventy and they're Jesus. doing these fucking movies. It's insane. HGH is amazing. God damn, it does wonders. Good for them. Um, so he, this movie literally it. has his blood and sweat. Uh, he, I think he broke his it. neck during the the shooting of the Stone Cold fight when he. Uh, when he Stone- literally doesn't do anything that intense in this movie. In the first one, though, no. When Stone Cold 
rams into him head first, and he goes flying into the wall. That's yeah. when he broke his neck. Oh, shit. Um, that Stone Cold fight fucked him up. I think he got what two injuries pussy. out of it. Uh, Eric I'm Roberts, go on record. Pussy. Eric Roberts, who is in everything, if you, if you stop and go to his IMDb page, it's He's terrifying. got like 40 movies in production, post-production, are coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man will work forever. Uh, most importantly, he played a cautionary tale on Justified, and uh, <laughs> he was in The Dark Knight. He was the guy who said, fall from here won't kill yep. me. I know. I know. And he gets his legs broke. Yeah, he was great. He was a God, great he's such vill- a good villain. He's All these, so these, sleazy. These two, the first two Expendables had great villains. And yeah, I assume I like, I the mean, third will, too. Well, but, I mean, anyway, we'll get to it. I mean, besides the fact that everything is super confusing in one, uh, <laughs> Eric Roberts, I guess, is a good villain? I, I Through no great. fault of his own? He's so sleazy. He's all about the money. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, the great thing about money is it lets people be the true ass wipes they were meant to be. Mm-hmm. And he just gets on a truck and he's like, I'm going to go think about growing some cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Uh, David Sy- Zayas as the as Le General. He's in Dexter. Uh, he did an episode of Grimm. Yeah, he And did. he was on Oz. Uh, fun fact, Alan Tudyk, Wash from uh, Firefly, was offered a role, but when he couldn't do it, it was cut. Oh, and that's he, a bummer. And he's super bummed uh, he couldn't be in Expendables 1. Oh, God. He would have been my favorite Expendable. <laughs> he would have been everyone's favorite. Uh, Him and Statham wait, what was his role? Was he, was he, like, he wasn't in Expendables. I don't, think, I, I, I don't think he was anyone in the cast, and they cast someone different. I think they just took his role out. Because oh. it said he got his role got cut out, and then Brittany Murphy uh, was also cast. But her role was cut. And this would probably have been her last role. Mm. Um, they wanted Danny Trail, but they couldn't afford him. <laughs> They couldn't afford Jenny Trejo. He denied, he denied the expense. Wow. Uh, Keep walking, puta. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is Dan Payne with an E. Uh, this role was offered to the Scott Adkins, uh, friend of the show. Um, 100% friend of the show. Uh, he'll probably get his own episode. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, the lady lead, the, the romantic lead, Giselle Ite? She's like a, a... Mexican a, actress. Uh, nothing big yeah. over here except She's for a this. telenovela star, right, I think. Uh, Charisma She's Car- hot. Charisma yeah. Carpenter. She's very pretty. Cordelia. Cordelia from Buffy. Buffy fame. Uh, Gary, Daniel, Gary Daniels as the Brit, the, the kung fu British guy. Lots of direct directed oh, yeah. video martial arts stuff. But he's no Scott Adkins. No. He's just a... Uh, Few people are. He's not He's not Ninja 2, Shadow of a Terror, <laughs> Undisputed 2 and 3, Universal Soldier 4, Scott Adkins. No. Um, but few people are. It's a shame. He did play Brian Fury in Tekken, so he was the karate zombie from the Tekken series. God damn it. Lots of one-word movie titles, rage, firepower, stuff like that. Directed DVD shit. And he was the lead in the live-action Fist of the North Star. So, uh, Expendables 1 opens with uh, cool dudes riding motorcycles. First of all, can I say something? That the Expendables are what a 15-year-old version of my dad would think is super cool. So a 15-year-old <laughs> version of Matt Loman would think is cool. It was like, we're just it's, old tunes. It clearly we're riding motorcycles everywhere. Not even motorcycles. Custom chops. We go to bars and we get babes. <laughs> we got babes. We're best friends. Killing. <laughs> Drinking. This movie clearly could have opened up just like on the boat, but no, they had the them driving motorcycles pulling up, oh, and then yeah. it zoomed in on the uh, Expendables decal. Yeah, and we also get bike. we also get this amazing narr- narration over it. We are the shadows and the smoke. <laughs> 
We rise. We are the ghosts that hide in the night. And then it just cuts to Somalia. Oh my god. Is that in both versions or the extended? It's definitely in the director. The best thing about it, so like... I don't know. I I think that this probably once again. Well, let let's get this out of the way. Let's say up up front. In retrospect, this movie is garbage. Okay, Expendables I One say I was, is a garbage I was film. Cards cards on the table. Cards on the table. Straight up, one or the other. Did you like the first Expendables movie? No, not after seeing it. After seeing two, fuck no. Two, at, like, in the, at the end of one, I was like, wow, Stallone is like a really confident director. I'm really interested. And in, like, wow, you did a great job. And then literally two opens and you're just like, I'm immediately engaged. I am engaged a hundred times. There's way more character development, which means that everyone got one more line. And just like, it was just like, well, here's- it was insane. I was like, I can't believe how more invested I am in this film in the first three minutes than I was in the entire first film. Well, here's the thing. The the thing why I think the second one was way better in the first one is because they all were there. In the second one, they're a team throughout it. In the first one, yeah, everyone's together, and then they split off. Then it's just Sly and Statham for a while. Then it's just Sly and, then they and come Kelly. Back in the, yeah. Then they come back in towards the end. And then you see some bullshit Statham side storyline about his lady. Hold on. That was awesome. <laughs> It went to the basketball court fight, which was cool. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on. There's so I think what happened was this was a bad movie. I after watching one because I watched one and two on a Friday night, one after yeah. each other. Did my notes, did my research. <laughs> one is very represent very poorly if you follow it immediately with two. The I think what happened was you have the church scene with the Arnold and Willis cameos. Yeah. And then you have the scene where the plane buzzes the docks. And those were both in the trailer. And I think everyone saw those and were like, fuck yeah, that that's where I'm going. That dock scene is fucking mm-hmm. cool. I'm going for the dock scene. And I'm going for Arnold and Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone for on two screen minutes. at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And then you got those. And then everything involving Terry Crews was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the scene in the, the hallway where he guns everyone down with the automatic shotgun. Yes. And then where he blows up two fucking pillboxes with the automatic shotgun yes. and a special mm-hmm. bullet. Well, not a, he destroys entire guard towers yeah. with it. It's terrifying. And then he throws his straight razor like a boomerang. And I yes. think I think you and then he with threw accuracy. the missile. He threw the he threw the fucking he threw artillery a shell. That still He threw a shell. He threw an artillery See, shell into the after air. After seeing this, I felt disappointed, but like now I'll rewatch it every once in a while, you know. It's- Expendables 2 was a success because people went for the cameos and they went for the doc scene and then the last thing they saw was Terry Crews doing Terry Crews shit. Yeah, and then that's what happened. Was that's why everyone left with a positive. I mean, that that's the thing. The, the thing about the first movie is that it's not a good movie, Mm-mm. but what it does well, and what I think all action movies should do, is even if it's shitty, like it just gives you barely enough time, like ten minutes, maybe fifteen max, where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And then like, there's this huge fan service <laughs> moment. Like it'll be like. I fucking they team neck break a guy or yeah. like like shit like that like it's just like oh now like like there was never like every single time that I found my mind wandering being like 
what the fuck is going on in this movie? Randy Couture like, Superman exactly. punches Stone Cold, yeah. who's on fire. Twice! <laughs> he, Superman, he Superman punches Stone Cold two times in that fight, at the very beginning, and then when he's on fire. <laughs> to finish him. But that's the thing, is like it, it never gave you quite enough time to be like, this is complete shit. And then you get to Terry Crews blowing men <laughs> apart in a goddamn. There, there was a part sideway hallway there, view and you see bodies flying at at the at, towards the end. I was like, "That's an action sequence. A lot's happening. I don't care about any of it." And then Stallone does that rapid reload into the handgun where he just drops the clip and then puts it in and keeps firing and loses like a half second. Yeah, and I was like, "That's the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> and he does it twice. <laughs> He drops the clip and just... Can we talk about how Stallone like, always has an assault rifle, but immediately ditches it for double pistols he only has every one clip. time? He only has one clip in his assault rifle. He's just like, whoa, assault rifles are bullshit! And the double pistol every I think, time. I think it's just because he did yeah. so much chest work, it's uncomfortable for him to hold a pistol with two... To hold the assault rifle with two hands in the proper stance, so he just does two pistols. God damn it, probably. Just or sometimes he does the cross in front of his face, which kind of looks cross face. <laughs> Alright, so one recurring feature we're going to start doing, uh, and I'm sorry, uh, action fans, that we have not done it, but it's called First Death. <laughs> and First Death! Yes. We're gonna we're gonna record. Uh, we're gonna acknowledge the first kill in the movie and when it came in and how it was done. <laughs> However, we're also gonna start doing a thing called best kill ever, mm-hmm. where we record the best kill we've ever seen in that movie, mm-hmm. and then uh, until next episode, and then for a milestone <laughs> episode, we have a milestone event where the first first death and the first best kill ever are one in the same uh, with Nick Allen. So it comes four minutes and 24 seconds in. Yeah. Nick, take us there. I wrote this. I was like, this is the best kill ever. <laughs> the first kill happens to be the first kill in Expendables 1 where Dolph Lundgren loads his grenade launcher. They're trying to negotiate with the pirates who want more money. Warning shot. <laughs> Dolph just comes up. Warning shot. Blows a pirate in half with yeah. a grenade launcher he that apparently doesn't fire grenades. Enough. I mean, that yeah. was just a staple in the movie. I saw that. I'm like, oh, we're watching this type of movie. I Don't- mean, <laughs> that's a great first kill. Let's roll. They came out strong. It's like his gun fired a bullet that didn't explode, but was the size of a two-liter bottle. Yeah, yeah. It, it it completely burst the man in half. It like, I think his feet were still standing Yeah, there. his yeah, feet it was. were still yeah. standing, and then the wet parts of his upper body just slammed into the back of the wall. I mean, I think that's a great first kill. That's a strong first kill. It is not the best kill. I oh. think it's the best kill ever! Okay. Um, so the container shootout is the first and last time they do anything tactically forever. They have the high ground. They shoot out the lights, yeah, and then After and then that. And never again. <laughs> then then it all just comes down to them being the best at shooting and not being <laughs> shot. Yeah, I mean they keep going up against third world armies in these, so it they they seem like they're okay. So Expendables opens up with them taking a, a container ship, like a way better version of Captain Phillips, and our first interactions are. We've got general adversarial bro bonding, mostly mm-hmm. Sly and Stath. Yeah. Uh, straight, uh, Jason Statham's little Naruto knives. Yeah. Uh, and oh, then, God, they are Naruto knives. And then knives. we, just cover, and we just cover everyone's personalities real quick. Jet Li's greedy. Terry Crews ain't got time for this shit. And Randy Couture is over this shit. Dolph Lundgren is insane. Yeah. And oh, then, he's like more of go. like, yeah. Hanging a pirate. Yeah. We uh, we deal with we deal with Dolph Lundgren's uh, chemical imbalance and mental issues 
right off the bat. Yeah. And uh, because you have to. Well, the only cure for it is Jet Li. <laughs> yeah, that adorable, beautiful man. They have a bromance. It's fine. It's not a big deal. They kind of fall in love at the it's, end of this movie. It's like a. It's like moonlighting. It's, yeah. It's like the first two seasons of moonlighting, mm-hmm. where it's like they hate each other, but you know, deep down, they just want to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they do at the end of the second movie, which I think is great. Okay, so they come back, and we meet Hank, Cordelia, Charisma Carpenter's boyfriend. Mm. They cast the perfect douchebag. Yeah, he looks like a complete dick. He looks like a complete dick. The way he talks is like yeah. a complete dick. Someone at the door, babe? <laughs> babe? Someone at the door? I hate his voice. I like. We've <laughs> talked about how hard bro dialogue is to write. It was perfect with this, because they cast the perfect guy, and then they gave him the minimal amount of bro dialogue to make the maximum impact. Yeah. Well, his if you look, Hank Amos played him. Hank A-M-O-S. He's a stuntman, and it shows. Because he's amazing <laughs> at getting the shit kicked out of him at yeah. that basketball court fight. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that fight for a second. It's amazing. <laughs> it might be the best. It okay. It's not it. It it is the best hand to hand fight in this entire movie, and it's Jason Statham beating up a bunch of dudes on a fucking basketball court well, for his girlfriend. Here's the thing: is this is how every he con- suddenly abused girlfriend, not even his girlfriend at the time. It was like his, his former girlfriend. Ex. Something, yeah. This that fight is how every confrontation goes in every guy's head. Mm-hmm. It's him single handedly beating up a group of guys in front of a woman. Yes. <laughs> And she's even there, and he rides a motorcycle. He dri- First oh, yeah, he of all, what are those guys even thinking? <laughs> when when Jason Statham rides up, it gets tells the girl to get off his motorcycle so he can ride his motorcycle into the middle of your basketball game. What? what I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that it's just an intimidation factor? You're going to take him down? I, it, no. Okay. No. Let's because in my mind. I'm just not even getting involved. Let's jump into I'm, their I'm shoes. I'm not even getting involved. Let's jump into their shoes, yes. okay? Let's jump into those guys' shoes, okay? You're a bunch of bros. You've been hanging out. You're hooping it up. We're some, playing a, just a pickup game. Some dude on a crotch rocket in white leather pants rolls up. I think I'm winning that fight. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. With your buddy's girlfriend on the back, though. With six dudes. I think maybe I'm winning that fight. you think you're winning the fight. Ten times out of ten. Maybe you're taking I think a I'm couple, couple Yeah, you're we're taking in a couple shape. Hits. We play our pickup games. Yeah, we play our <laughs> yeah. weekly pickup game. We're bros. We're a bunch of silver foxes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess I would think... I mean, yeah, you're right. In, in my mind, I would be like, okay, I got like six bros with me. We're probably going to kill white pants. Who's this bald bitch in yeah. his white leather pants? And then he basically <laughs> he murders them. them. Here's the thing: is so the first the first action in the fight is he grabs Statham grabs Hank by the the collar and just starts punching him in the face over and over again. <laughs> That's way scarier than the one punch knockout. And I realize that. <laughs> like in every one of my fucking alpha male fantasies, when I when I take a dude out, it's one punch. <laughs> I, it needs to be six punches. Yeah, because six punches sends a message. Yeah, I know. I'd go through six moves in my alpha male punch out. <laughs> It's the punch, it's the... But you're, like, punching their dick, like, six times? No, 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 it's the punch, and then it's the... I'm using their dick like a speed bag. It's the the elbow follow-up, and then the knee to the stomach three times and throw them Oh, I'm always, like... And then you just throw them over your... You just hip-toss them. And that's Krav Maga. (laughs) Krav Maga! Krav Maga! And also, we also get a decent action exchange. Uh, What do you want? Your life. (laughs) Your life! I was thinking about taking it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so... 
terrifying. Also, before this, when she first when he first goes there and finds out she's moved on, mm-hmm. she goes, I don't even know what you do for a living. He has a giant skull tattoo <laughs> on his forearm that says The Expendables. <laughs> what do you think this is? Is this a fucking band I was in in college? Is that what you think? <laughs> is that is that, Look, that is that what the IT department for HP calls themselves? Yeah. Like? Look, it says Mercenaries for Hire. Yeah, no, it literally sure. says Mercenaries for Hire underneath it. Lee, I don't even know what you do for a living. You just have a giant skull tattoo and you're covered in scars. Uh, you picked me up from the hospital three times when I had bullet wounds. <laughs> I think you know what I fucking do. <laughs> and then at the end of the Did you goes, see me murder these basketball players? Do you know what I fucking do now? Yeah, he says, now you know what I do for a living. She's like, you just beat, beat up, up bros? bros. <laughs> Actually, a great job. You just wail on bros? In a, in a, I mean, Lee Christmas. If that was his no. exclusive job, there's a lot of growth in that. No. There's a huge growth Kyle. market. There's a huge market for Lee that. Christmas. Basketball park security. <laughs> Lee Christmas. Cousin to Lloyd Christmas? <laughs> okay, so... I'd watch that movie. Let's get to uh, our first big cameo in this movie. Mickey Rourke as Tool. No! He was only available for 48 hours due to Iron Man 2. And you can tell, because he has the stupid dress. He has the stupid, blonde Iron Man 2 streaks. (laughs) Where's my boy? Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Uh, This is, uh, what's your name again, babe? (laughs) He drops a pawn. Oh, and then later on, he's upset that she broke up with him. That girl that he didn't know the name okay, to. So my notes in this is uh, it's amazing. Skating by on all that wrestler goodwill, and then <laughs> enters on a hog wearing a terrible cowboy hat. Iron Man two streaks. The first two words out of his mouth are "Hey, brother," and he's exactly with the kind of woman you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that that's exactly it, and his name is Tool. And then later, and then later during his mud and blood speech, he has a Gandalf pipe. Mud, blood. And he's painting oh, yeah. a guitar. He's painting a guitar because that girl that he at the first time we see him, the girl that we see, he doesn't even know her name. Cheyenne, and then Chippewa. Pawnee. And then by the second one, by the second time we see him, when he has Gandalf pipe and gives the mud and blood speech, she's broken up with him, and he's very torn up about it. <laughs> so he's painting a, a guitar so he can smash it. <laughs> And he's also the only person who experiences any kind of emotion yeah. that's not connected to killing, mm-hmm. either through joy or revenge. Yeah. He's the only one that had, like, a very real human problem. <laughs> Just like, I mean, oh, my bitch broke up with me. I mean, Statham did, and then he karate kicked it into submission. <laughs> and then Mickey Rourke handled it like a normal human being. Even if he is Mickey Rourke. <laughs> he's awful. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to say this. I don't know why he was in this movie. I have no fucking idea why he's in this movie. He is not an action star, first of all. And he is... He's so drugged out. They needed someone for Sly to tell his feelings to, but they had Lee Christmas. Yeah. Lee Christmas was the guy reaching out to Barney Ross. But he wouldn't... Yeah. And Barney wouldn't bite. He could only confess to Tool. (laughs) And Stallone keeps trying to get Tool to come back. Tool was supposed to die in two and set off the mission of revenge. And then apparently he was also supposed to die in three and set off the mission of revenge. When's he gonna die? They can't get when him back. When are they gonna get him back to kill him off? He's too busy. It's really odd. Is Mickey he? Rourke doesn't want to come back to a franchise to get murdered. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, it's so it's... odd. But, it, I mean, he, he gets a working. chance to act his balls off. Oh, yeah, he acted his balls off. Um, so the country they go to is in the Gulf of Mexico, no one's ever heard of. Uh, it's called Valena. 
and I wish it beautiful was, Valena. And I wish it was Valverde, which is the country they go to in Commando. Yeah, Predator, and it's where the terrorists from Die Hard Two are from. God, that it is just it is it's Why didn't a they do that? fine tradition yeah. of fictional up. terrorism. And uh I don't know why they didn't use it. Why they had to make it up. So we meet the general who's gonna execute two civilians who are stealing from him. Eric Roberts shoots them first and we get we get a great action movie dialogue where he goes where he's he's the the guy who's about to get shot is like it's like sir I, I didn't steal from you I, I I promise I didn't I didn't steal any food and the guy goes unfortunately I can't look inside you and then Eric Roberts shoots the guys for the general and goes now we can see inside him and all I see are lies <laughs> <laughs> oh, well he please. shot one of them and then the general after that he's like all right I guess I gotta be hard now and well, shoots the rest but the general's about to it was the it was the greatest dick move it is yeah. it is such mm-hmm. a good dick move where the general's about to shoot him Eric Roberts shoots them first mm-hmm. and goes. You should shoot those guys before you lose the respect of your men. It's like, <laughs> you dick, I was about to fucking shoot uh, bro. Until <laughs> your ass showed up. So your honky ass you walked down man. here into the dungeon. God damn it. Um, yeah, Eric Roberts is just an amazing sleazebag in this. He's, he's someone who deserved to die, and they killed him twice at the end. I loved, that was the best. I loved in the end when they like you know reached into their you know heritage or painted their faces. They're like, well, no, we're one with our general. And he's just looking at them like they're stupid. <laughs> just like Bleh. I will get to that scene. <laughs> don't know what was happening in that scene. We will get to that scene. But now we're going to talk about the scene: Willis, Arnold, and Sylvester Stallone all in one place. Oh, this is the moment that sold all the tickets. Bruce Willis was weirdly obsessed with gay stuff, jerking each other off, sucking each other's dicks. Right, yeah. He was just an ad-lib. All of his dialogue was ad-lib that Stallone wrestled with cutting and trimming. Wait, really? Was it really? Yeah. Wow. He didn't give he didn't give Bruce Willis any direction, and the best Bruce Willis could do was gay shit. Wow. That's odd. Well, weren't, like, uh, at this point, uh, Schwarzenegger was still governor, so he was pretty busy. He oh, showed yeah, up He, he, showed, up, he showed up for so. ten hours. Yeah. Um, Arnold, and didn't both of them work do this for free? Yeah, they both worked for free. Oh wow! Uh, Arnold is the only guy besides Cruz and possibly Dolph Lundgren who seems to understand what movie he's in. <laughs> and uh, does anyone else? I don't. Maybe they'll show up in three, but they didn't show up in two. Does anyone else feel let down? We never met Arnold's team. Yeah, no. I thought that they. I thought we would eventually they would show up, and it was going to be more old school dudes. It's like a rival. Fucking bring me Danny Glover. I would have loved to seen a Danny Glover. Snipes, Danny Glover. I mean, there's so many other guys that aren't in all the black guys that they didn't put on the Expendables. (laughs) (laughs) Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. The Rock. The Rock. Yeah. Hold on. No, here's my thing. Here's here's what I think is going to happen. Because everyone's either in this movie or they're in the Fast Five, Six, Seven. Mm-hmm. Jason Statham and Expendables Three, Ronda Rousey is going to be in the Fast Five, Six, Seven. So what's going to happen is they've already met. <laughs> okay, great. we've already begun the cross pollination. So for Fast Five, Six, Seven, Eight, the gang gets in over their heads. Mm-hmm. So the Rock's character, Agent Hobbs, makes a call to his old army buddy. Hail Caesar. Yep. And brings in a team of mercenaries to cover them. <laughs> of course. And then we get the first $8 billion movie. <laughs> I was going to say, the Fast Five, Six, Seven series is out, is out expendablesing the expendables, it seems. They did get Kurt Russell. Yeah. Who was offered a part in this movie, mm-hmm. and his agents told them that he wasn't interested in ensemble pictures right now. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> well, he was hot off uh, Death Proof. So. <laughs> In Miracle. In Miracle. As Herb Brooks. <laughs> God, um, he has a great speech in that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of hate that uh, Barney and Trench are like buddy-buddy in, in two, because I really wanted to meet Trench's team. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a, a sad thing. I thought they were going to show up with more, he was going to show up with more dudes. And then you've got uh, Barney's desperation for work kind of comes out of nowhere. He doesn't question the orders. And then later, Christmas is like, what about your coat? The target has to deserve it. What? Listen, are you jet black mercenaries who do anything for money? The, or are you fucking vigilantes? Yeah, that, well, that's what I'm talking about. That's a confusing thing, especially in this first movie, where it's just like, he, they're a bunch of fucking mercenaries, but he has, I, I understand that they're trying to set him apart. He's like, he's got a code, he's got to save the lady, he's got to do this, he's a gentleman, and it's just like, dude, you're, you're a fucking mercenary, man. Like, just I mean, like, I, like, Just, like, deal with it. Like, you can still be, like essentially a good man and a mercenary or but you have a job to or do. or do the arc like when they show up on that container ship in somalia kill the pirates like brutally murder the pirates yeah and then have the hostages be like oh thank god you're here it's like we're not here for you what we're here to kill the pirates and then they just leave mm-hmm. these people surrounded <laughs> by corpses yeah like that's what they should have done mm-hmm. um and then he goes to valena then he goes to Valena and he does all that shit, and then he decides he wants to have a soul. Yeah, it was like the, this girl that doesn't really matter to well, him. Well, it's because Lee, Lee Christmas got to him. He's like, oh, you're going to be alone forever. Since. But then he didn't even want to fuck that girl, I don't think. So it wasn't right. even like In the a, end, he turned her down. It and, wasn't even like a love thing. It was yeah. just like, uh, I respect her too much. She, <laughs> she wanted to stay behind because she stands for something. And we don't stand for nothing except money. In the mud and the blood and the, the mud and the, the blood, blood and the mud and the blood and the blood. Yeah, it just it it felt like he wanted pathos that wasn't earned. He wanted a black streak that we never really see. Um, or it should have been like you know Stallone gives them the money to leave. Yeah, like the pirates are like here's the money, leave the boat, and and then the bad guys are like, well, we want five million. So like, we can't have five million. And then the bad guys are like, well, we'll shoot the hostages. It's like, we don't give a shit. Get off the boat. And then the bad guys pull on them, and then they shoot them. And then, like, earn that earn that arc. Like, don't have, like, a code already. Yeah. Like, have a code at the end of this movie. Yeah. Hey, have this be the moment where he earns that code. It was it was just odd. I, I don't know. It There's a lot of weird things that happen through this movie. Uh, <laughs> this is completely unrelated. This has the worst blood spatter I've ever seen in a movie in my entire life. A hundred percent. Just the worst bad. CGI blood spatter I've ever seen. It works in 300 because everything else is CG, but it's like, we've mentioned it before, the human eye is really good at deciphering blood. Yeah. Because evolution is taught is that if we can't figure out if that's real blood or not, we're fucking dead. Yeah. You know, and like the CG and all that bullshit, it just takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has terrible cgi you know it's like what happened to squibs mm-hmm. are there a bunch of like old school hollywood squib guys who are now like on really tough times i there's got to be right there were they really be. that expensive are you not are you I are you saving, saving that much morning 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 how much money are you saving by going cgi by black? hiring a bunch of brian carnies to finish it out yeah never never, never send a bunch of nerdlings for, for a squib guy's job um and then there's another part right after he accepts the deal and he's looking at the map 
Uh, Sylvester Stallone's looking at the map in his uh, his badass like old school truck, and Dolph's giant head fills the entire window. <laughs> yeah, like the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Oh my god! <laughs> how big is Dolph Lundgren? I have no idea how big he is. He how much is a T Rex? Thirty five feet. <laughs> so Dolph's like what twenty four? Yeah. Like he he leans into that window and his head is as big as the fucking window. God damn it! Square. Uh, <laughs> I wish he had more to do. It, the, all they do is they, they make him in a junkie in this film, and like, so, which comes out of nowhere. On. The junkie thing comes out of nowhere. Was it a junkie he, thing? Yeah, I, it was. A junkie I didn't catch thing. that until rewatching it a couple times for this. Like, yeah, they make him into a fucking. I like, just thought he was crazy. <laughs> no, they just make him in a junkie. It, it worked. It would have been fine if he was just crazy. Yeah. No, because like, like in this conversation where his head fills up the window, he's like, "Like, yeah, use your gun, or you're using." He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm still good. Mm-hmm. I'm still good." Yeah. Sorry, Gunner. Watch your back, Barney. Are you threatening me, Gunner? I'm a nice guy. Um, so then eventually we have the Dolph versus Jet Li fight. Yeah. Uh, Which, by the way, that might be my favorite sequence in the whole movie. That I, that, I, that The car chase and then the Jet Li Dolph Lundgren fight, that back-to-back, those are that might be the good. best sequence in the whole movie. See, I thought the, Dolph, I thought the fight scene was terribly shot. Oh, yeah. I, I I was not a fan. Uh, we get no sense of the size difference, except for what Dolph Lundgren says. Uh, well, there is a lot of just people speaking things. We never that get could f- be visually learned in this movie. We never get a feel for Dolph as a martial artist. He's just a brute. And then there's a great part where Dolph starts banging Jet Li against the bottom of a catwalk. Yeah, but it's all far away shots mm-hmm. with like obstructions. Like the when you finally want to show the size difference between the two of them mm-hmm. is at the worst possible time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't. A, I wasn't a big fan of that fight scene. I still think it's the best scene. I just hated to see the sweet ass truck getting destroyed. It's so sad. I really loved Sly's truck in this. It's an Barney's amazing truck. truck. Poor it's truck. bulletproof. Oh yeah, and it's amazing. Fucking bulletproof. Well, they made three. They made one to get fucked up on the street. They made one for the green screen, and they gave one to Sly. Was the green? They gave one to him. Yeah. God damn it. Because okay, all right, sure. I, I, I would I like. Know. Get it for you. Meanwhile, I'm here truckless. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're all over here fucking truckless. All right, but uh, obviously I'm in the minority on this fight. What did you guys like about it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just thought that it was honestly like I was impressed by how well the the car chase was shot and how I interesting liked the car that was. Chase, not so much the fight. The car chase was good. I just meant as a sequence back to back. I mean, I understand that it's not the Statham fight is the best hand to hand fight. On the basketball court, straight up. <laughs> but it was just like sequence wise, it, it just was like, I really liked that car chase. I thought it was well shot. I understood where everything was, geography wise. Like, I, I understood what was happening and who was who, which I think doesn't happen sometimes in this movie. And then it led right into that Dolph versus Jet Lee, which I agree is not the best shot part of the film, but at least it was like a continuation of action that I cared about. It also was like a way more personal fight. In this entire thing, because it was actually it's the most personal fight in the entire movie, <laughs> is that their their former team member coming after them, and what? it was like it was genuinely like the most it, it, like important sequence. And to at be one honest. point, Jet Li was getting beat in the open, and then while he was on his back, saw oh low, you yeah. know low ceiling, so he goes into there, which strategically would make sense. Like he goes in there 
I'm like, oh, Jet Li's going to be Jet Li now. But no, he kind of continues to get his ass kicked in there. Yeah, I, I, if anything could have... There's some any, good exchanges in that. Though. If anything yeah. could have benefited from the kind of Eastern cinema three-act structure to a fight, it's this one. It's, it's Jet Li versus Dolph Lundgren in the middle of the warehouse. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren has the advantage. Mm-hmm. And then Jet Li, like Nick said, sees like the catwalk and ducks in there. And then he starts giving it to Dolph. And then Dolph like really has to start, you know, exerting his strength. And like All Dolph when- does is he goes, My turn. And then he starts beating the <laughs> shit out of him. Like Bring like, it happy feet. It actually almost like lessens everything that uh that Jet Li was doing. Because it almost makes it seem like that he was just letting him beat him up yeah. for like, like it, half the time. It feels like it feels like Dolph should have fought him as a martial artist in Act One, and then in Act Two they move on to the catwalk, and then Jet Li is able to bring his martial arts more to bear because Dolph Lundgren's hemmed in. And then in Act Three, that's when Dolph Lundgren is unleashed, and he, he stops being a martial person. artist. He's becomes a Viking. Yeah. yeah, and then that's when uh, Barney finally has to shoot. Yeah. Him. Okay, so I don't think there's any fight in either of these movies where they follows a solid three act structure. Uh, maybe Stallone versus Van Damme, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a question from a coworker while we were discussing these movies mm-hmm. about Dolph Lundgren getting shot in the fucking heart. Oh yeah, and being immediately forgiven. <laughs> so his question was: This guy's a traitor. He's a drug user, and he was about to kill Jet Li. He's about to <laughs> set you up to get shot in the face in the street. Yeah. How do you forgive Dolph Lundgren? How is Dolph Lundgren immediately forgiven at the end of this movie? First of all, not dead. Let's just not even discuss that. He dies in the original script. He dies in the original script. At the end of this movie, he's back, and he is forgiven for everything that he did. And it's lightly suggested he take up therapy. Yeah. And my my thing was, was sometimes your bros step out of line. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you gotta pop your bro... In the fucking mouth. That's what happened. And knock him on his ass. Oh, a bro pop. But these bros, these bros are so bro-y. They're so well-trained. They're so extreme. That that the equivalent of popping one in the mouth is shoot him in the fucking heart. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> put him in a fucking warehouse. It's like, they, it, I'm surprised. I would say probably... Forty percent have been shot in the heart, just to be recorrected. It's like at some point in their careers, hey Gunna, sorry to sorry to put a couple rounds into you, but you're out of control. Thanks, Barney. I appreciate you caring. <laughs> I like that you care about me. Thank you. That's why you know you're still a bro. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Barely and, scratched my nipple. And then they just kind you put of, hollow points in me, you asshole. And they just kind of hint that, like, hey, maybe you should seek mental health. Mental help from a healthcare professional. Maybe we help you out here. And then he waves them off. And they're like, they're like, this will never happen again. And then technically they're correct. As far yeah. as we know through two, it never comes it up, again. Come up again. He's a little he's perfectly sexual fine. assaulty. Yeah, he's around rapey, Asian women. But, but otherwise, yeah. solid. Just it, a solid, it's way better solid than citizen. You. Listen, he got that way because his Asian squeeze was, was off. <laughs> After he shot, they they loved each other. Now, <laughs> at the yeah. beginning of the second one, Jet Li goes home or whatever, okay. and he missed him. He goes home, and then and then that's he racist. wanted. That's when he. It's racist as hell, but also accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Jet Li goes home. Okay, so Dolph Lundgren confesses to Sylvester Stallone, who tried to have them killed, as if it's a mystery. Well, here's the other thing. Okay, so. This is my issue with this part. So, Dolph Lundgren is dying because he's been shot in the fucking heart. 
And to shoot me in the heart, just above it. Okay. And he brings him. He brings him. Well, his Stallone heart. Down, he brings Stallone down. His heart is probably Stallone, the size of my he head. He tells Stallone who who hired him to kill him. Which yes, they clearly would already know that. But here's the thing. Lundgren gives them detailed layouts Does he? of the entire thing. Yes. <laughs> Where did they get that information? They're immediately like I was watching. I was like, hm, they suddenly know everything about this compound. What the fuck is going on? Well, How they, long was they that whisper session? Maybe the general's daughter gave it to them? No, no, the general didn't give anything, but I, I, at no point was I like, yeah, Dolph Lundgren told them where to put the bombs. I figured they just went in there and they were like, right. oh, I put on every column. There's a column. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean... I don't know, man. Okay, listen, I, just because I never thought about the way doesn't mean I don't see it. Like, what you just said it makes a lot like of sense. It seems like he gave a yeah. lot of information to I, them. I just kind of assumed that because they were so well-trained, like, they knew where to put all of the bombs, which was... Everywhere. Also, how many bombs do they have? How many pounds of explosives do they have? Okay, so if you look, if you if you look into it, we'll get to this. Uh, how no one seems to have a specialty, but they lip service have a specialty. Toll Road. Randy Couture's character is the demolitions expert. I guess. And I have a feeling that he was just like, okay, so just take these plastic explosive bombs, just put them on anything <laughs> you can find, just put it there, put it wherever. If you kill a guy, like put one on that guy's corpse. Like, They're also not the doing a good job of spreading them out. They're literally just putting them like. Like like they were like I imagine all of them just went out like and that then they one- like covered a whole room and they're like I'm fucking out <laughs> like, like I'm out I covered a room no so uh, no Stolo- that courtyard is gonna blow up that courtyard's <laughs> fucked no so Sto- everything else the structural integrity is great Sto- those columns were decorative not load bearing <laughs> <laughs> Stallone Shit. on the on the inferno says. He goes, we rigged this place to blow up like a demolitions experts in Vegas do it. So it's an implosion. And I'm like, really? Because it looks like you just put on every available surface. It just looks like you just put it wherever you fucking ran by. You're just like, bomb. There's there's definitely a part where someone, I'm I'm thinking Jason Statham, might have been Terry Crews, knifes somebody. And then just kind of like looks around for a place to put a bomb. It's just like, ah, fuck it. And just like sticks it to the ceiling and then just takes off at a run. I like the ones where he's going up the stairs and he just sticks it on the wall where it's not even hidden. Or the dude reaching into the bag and just putting it on the column. Yes, that's my favorite one. It's just they put in a column. The tracking shot where it goes across the courtyard and then you see on the other side they're doing the same. (laughs) But, But... but Nick's absolutely right. There's nothing above those columns no. except the balcony connected to nothing else. There's like, no load. It's just another porch. It was just such a personal fuck you. I it's like we've got five they... tons of plastic. Where did they get it from? Did they think they were never going to do a mis- another mission again? <laughs> <laughs> they just used it all? No, but seriously, fuck this palace. <laughs> like, this fuck specific this palace. palace. Like, they could have removed the dictator and the white white people controlling him what? and they would have been fine like Can this I palace say- is the pride of this country yeah, they just <laughs> blew it the fuck up they killed it let's talk about how i have no idea what's happening okay. at this end of the- at the once gunner tells him what's going on and they go back to this country all of a sudden the dictator is like i painted all my men's okay. faces so, they so- respect me now <laughs> and then eric roberts is like nope and then it's just like there's like a coup but then it's like okay. not a coup and then it, I don't know what was happening. I love your confusion. Here's my ex- here's my understanding of Expendables one before we showed up. There was a coup that the general mm-hmm. led. Yes, and he he was able to do it using the drug money and weapons and training by the rogue CIA agent Eric Roberts. Yes, and then 
when we cut back to them, there's a counter coup because the general found his conscience, and Eric Roberts is like, but not even his conscience because he just wants to get rid of Eric. No, Roberts. he just didn't he's still going to make cocaine. He just didn't want his daughter waterboarded. <laughs> but but the thing is, is, so he brings Eric Roberts and Stone Cold Steve Austin up to his room where there's dudes with their faces painted, and then he's painting a portrait. So is everyone in this movie a tortured artist? <laughs> and then yes, and then there's candles everywhere. <laughs> it's like the general brought them up there to give them a nice slow fucking yeah. While his painted face guards watch, <laughs> can we give you a bath? <laughs> yeah, that's a, I. I have no idea what's happening in this movie. All I know is that the Expendables show up. I guess during the most inconvenient time <laughs> for for what's happening. I don't even know. But mid, because, mid coup too. Yeah, but and then it's also like it's not even a coup because on, like all they... of the face painted guys are fighting for Eric Roberts immediately, hold and they're all very well trained and well, like standing in the courtyard all lined up, and it's just like I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it feels. I don't like, really care. Like I understand that the painted face guys. I mean, I know they all have to die. Well, no, that's all I need to know. Their attention was focused on the Expendables. Because the Expendables was actively shooting them. Sure. But doesn't it feel like a couple of them would be like, hey, you know, those white guys shot El General. <laughs> we should probably shoot at them, too. Yeah, we should but kill them. But they get them. a free pass through the entire thing. So I don't know if the, if yeah, the painted face guys just assume that the Expendables killed the general. I think that, I don't even know. I, if upon that, my second honestly, watching, that's where I got out. That's yeah. what I if think. If that was a layer in this movie, <laughs> intentionally... I would be fucking shocked because I think you guys are reaching. I, no, because, because I, I, I was watching, when I was watching, I was like, "There's no way." No, no. Now that I think is, about it even is, more, though, there's think, no way that no. Sly Stallone director was like, "Because in the general speech, he's like, "These American pigs have yeah, come on Eric land. Roberts and Stone Cold Steve but, Austin, but they the Americans. All they know, the, all they know is that they just lost thirty guys in that dungeon hallway." To Terry Crews and a shotgun. Well, and then they've yeah. got a bunch of Americans pinned behind a door. And then all of a sudden the general I understand shot. why they're shooting him. Uh, why they're shooting at the team. I and then they it. killed everyone else in the room. I don't know. Stone Cold matter. and Eric Roberts shot everyone else in the room. Yeah, so, saying, they, here's so the what rest I'm saying, of the soldiers though, don't know either that. Either way, they, they have to murder Stone Cold and Eric Roberts. Oh, yeah. I don't know why they get a free pass through the, this sequence. It's and awful. He, yeah, like all white men probably should have died. Yes. Absolutely. So, but here's the thing. Here's what I like about this sequence and this ending, and kind of what I like about the choreography in this movie in general is that they do a really good job of the casual mixing of hand to hand and weapons. Okay, yeah, like yeah. It, like there's like all these beautiful transitions between like hand to hand, and then I shoot you in the face, kind of almost like I would. Definitely not raid quality, but that same like kind of Mentality, idea of yeah, like yeah. I hit you, I hit you, I hit you. I have a gum in my hand. Yeah. I shoot you, then I shoot you, then I kick you yeah, in a there's, belly. There's, there's you know a great, what I mean? Like, there's a great bit where uh, I mean the the end's a mess. The end yeah. is like the only note I but have. The about action's the, great. It's a great mess. The only, but the action is fucking awesome. The only specific the note I have about the ender is Terry Crews throwing the bomb and then Stone's fast reload. Mm -hmm. For me, the best fight scene, the best shot fight scene, is that hallway because <laughs> you get the bit where like Jason Statham shoots the guy in the foot, and then yeah. as the guy's falling to the ground, he shoots him in the head. Yeah, and then you've got the great part where like. Jetly takes the guy's knife and then stabs it through the guy's hand and yep. then forces the hand knife into a dude's heart. Yeah. Like, that's the best blend of, like, I will use whatever I have to kill yeah. you. Yeah. 
I um, love that about that and, scene. Right, and then they team kill not Scott Adkins. God, I love that. Yeah, Kyle Bretton. Holy that God. That's a Holy great kill. shit. Team Neckbreak is the best kill that I've ever seen in my <laughs> fucking life. Unprecedented. It's amazing. Kyle is Kyle just put Kyle just put the first portrait on his Mount Rushmore. Of I, it's so fucking good. It's so satisfying when they. Oh my god! Take us there. I, I don't even I can't even describe it. It it, it happens so fast, and I I didn't even take I don't even know who's involved. It's no, not even in my notes. All I did was go team neck break, and then I fucking highlighted it. It was Christmas and Lee, I think. It's yeah. it Statham and Lee, right? Yeah. And then they just they just kick him back and forth between them like a pong game, and then they break Stath- his neck. Statham grabs his arm and like submits him into like a one knee submission pose and then Chetley does like a roundhouse and breaks his neck. God damn it, it's satisfying. <laughs> I remember Fuck. that in the theater that like we saw it, you know, of course opening yeah. nights here in yeah. LA and the theater when they saw that people lost stood their up. dick. They lost it at that and then they lost it when Stone Cold uh cannonball drilled <laughs> Uh, uh, Stallone into the wall, and then they lost it when Terry Crews showed up with the automatic shotguns. Remember this come Christmas time. God damn it, that's a good line. Also, just the, uh, what, what about Stone Cold? Stone Cold gets c- two good fights in this. Stone he Cold, lasts. Stone Cold gets two great fights, and then he definitely comes off as a guy who hates Mexicans and then had to train their <laughs> army. Like, he does a really yeah, good job. he's not a fan of anyone. That subtext is definitely there where he does not like brown people. <laughs> I, it's upsetting that he didn't crush a beer during this entire movie. Really? They, no one can hand him a beer for him to fucking crush? I don't know. He understand. could pour a beer well, over the broken body of somebody. Come on! <laughs> I can't fucking believe they didn't do it. Um, so give him a steel reserve and chug it. <laughs> Gross. So uh, Expendables one. The only other note I have is they have the most random assemblages of sentences, which were supposed to be conversations. Like, you know, who is it? Someday, some you'll find a man who's happy just to watch you sleep. It's like that doesn't answer her question. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. That's fucked up. <laughs> it's Christmas. Uh, looks like it's Christmas time. Yeah, I can smell them from here. <laughs> they this it, it was they were stretching. They were oh. stretching from for some like it's definitely better than when you get into where things start to get self referential. Yeah, and they just start naming lines from their old movies, and you're just like, ah, that's no, that's awesome. the second slash one. Sucks or the Mickey yeah. Rourke Charlotte's Reb Web Improper. Oh, well, can we talk about that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Take us there, Nick. I don't. They're just. Oh God! For, it, isn't is that improv? Was that improv? It had to have been. I think improv'd. it's one of those because it felt like, like yeah, two dude, three dudes that were like, just like, "Oh, we're just giving." Stop! It. Stop! 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 You guys have to go one at a time. I don't. You're know. both making amazing points. <laughs> Nick wanted first, to focus, and we'll Nick, let Nick, Nick go first. Go. I think this is one of the things where I, I think it was improv. I think and so they're too. Proud of it. They're Who like, would write that? No, that's what I'm saying. I think it was definitely improv. And they're just like seeing it. It's such a wacky thing. It's just they're like almost breaking. Like during that entire sequence, like yeah. you see, like Stallone be like, like Rourke going, is like, how about his Charlotte's Web tattoo? Because it's the they funniest. Yeah, I think it was good. Uh, right. Maybe a pregnant yeah, Charlotte with uh, you know the spiders coming she's, out. She's uh, she's peeking behind your ear. How about that Christmas? All right, they, no, that's what it was. It's a hundred percent improv, and it's three dudes that have never improv in their lives <laughs> who are just like, oh my god. 
this is gold. Why don't we ever do this? And they're just like about to lose. They're like all on edge. Like Stallone, you can tell he like is he has his arms folded the whole time. He's like, but you sure, can tell he's, why like, not? he's like in, in, in his head. He's like, I'm an amazing director. <laughs> For, for getting my actors this comfortable. I'm glad we and left Eddie. this part in. And His only contribution is, sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah, do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, your spider would look great. He, he looks moved. Oh, God damn it. We're having fun here. Also, I want to point out that in it, uh, the dock blow-up scene, they were clearly already escaped. Like they well, were yeah, gone. no. Well, they let's got free, and then they turned around and blew up the dock for I'm the shit sorry, of it. I'm sorry that we didn't talk about their recon mission to this country, where it's the most failed fucking recon mission I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. For dudes that do black ops for their fucking living, they immediately get caught. First of all, they go through customs, Everyone which sees is their bullshit. Everyone <laughs> sees their plane, sees their faces, like sees. Everything they fucked up in every way, and there's the terrible improv where it's like, "You look nervous." Well, my skin's dry. I'm just happy to be myself. It's yeah. like, where did this come from? I don't know. But the whole thing is like, if this was a Michael Bay movie, they would have Halo jumped in. Absolutely, that's just it's what they would have Halo jumped in on a on a side of an island. No one would have known they were fucking there. Well, post post Transformers three, they'd have wing suited in. Well, yeah. Ideally, obviously, obviously you always want to, win and probably like an active volcano on the island, and they circle yeah. around, and that. they would use the thermal draft to blow them back up to make <sighs> the final run. <sighs> they immediately that? go, uh, "Take us to the castle." Uh, Tip found out. How about we go to the castle? Can I, we go to the castle? How about we just assassinate the guy while we're here? I hate that Transformers Four made so much money. Yeah. So I was hoping it would fail, so Bay would do an Expendables Four. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it. I wanted it to make six dollars. It yeah, you knew it wasn't gonna happen. So Stallone would have. So Bay would be like, "Well, I guess I got to do I my penance." I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Because I, I was doing my part for Expendables Four. I know we were um, trying to make it happen. Expendables Two, two thousand and twelve, directed by Simon West. He's an Englishman. First movie he ever directed. Con Air in nineteen ninety seven. He also he also directed the video for Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. So that's his fault. <laughs> Give you up. He did Tomb Raider. He developed Black Hawk Down for two years. Then the SAG strike happened, and he was too busy on Tomb Raider, so it got passed to a little-known director named Ridley Scott. And then he did the Mechanic remake. Yeah. Uh, story by uh, I like that one. Ken Kaufman, David Augusto, and Richard Wank. Wank did 16 Blocks, The Mechanic, and The Equalizer with Denzel, which is forthcoming. That's Kaufman did awesome. In the Army Now, Muppets from Space, Space Cowboys, The Missing, and Curious George. Okay. And Augusto did a short called Big Canyon. And then the screenplay is officially uh, by uh, Sylvester Stallone and Wank. Um, this movie was way better than the first one. Holy shit. Like I was saying yes. earlier, it it was astounding how as soon as this movie started, I was like, shit, I'm way more engaged. The action was way better from the first fight. Well, the whole the thing is like, first of all, the production value went up tenfold. Astronomically. Like, 100%. Like, they actually, it felt like they may have been on location somewhere. And then, like, they had props, and they had, like, they had, like, the little, the fucking custom tanks and shit, and I was just like, holy fuck, like, Listen, uh, this is a real action movie now. If the Road Warrior ever happens, and there's gasoline raiders, yeah. I want the Expendables trucks. Fuck yes. Fuck yeah. I had the, the battering ram, um, all, they all had the, the guns. Knock, for knock. tank traps. Yeah. yeah. 
that fifty cows. It was amazing. Jesus. Like from the get go, I was just like, "Oh wow, these Battery are this is a team that I expected to see outfitted like this." Yeah, that's what happens. And then they leave them. They leave them for and rubber they boats. Just, they just God. chewed through the defense of this place. <laughs> oh yeah, I like how it opens in Nepal. Yeah, Nepal, home of all the Buddhist Dalai Lama guys. God damn it. Definitely the Wild West. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And everyone, all the bad guys were speaking Thai. <laughs> uh, oh, did we mention this movie was co-financed by China? Was it? Wait, was it really? Yeah, maybe that's why they were killing evil rebels in Nepal and fucking Tibet. God damn it! <laughs> of course. Um, so big step up villain wise is Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh my god! How so good was, big? How good was he? In you this? mean Villain? Yeah. <laughs> I have the tattoo of the goat, the pet. <laughs> Oh, Satan. <laughs> Unnecessary. Oh, are you the bad guy? I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I didn't know from when you roundhouse that dagger into that guy's I'm glad part. you have the Satan tattoo and then you karate stabbed <laughs> Thor's little brother. <laughs> Thank God you did that, because I thought you might have been the good guys. Yeah, I wasn't sure for a second. God damn it. I also like that this movie, the time frame is way smaller. Yeah. Like, it's like literally... A long that weekend. What happens? Like <laughs> that, the Monday. murder of uh, Thor brother leads to all the next shit. Like that just is what happens. Yeah, it's like a three day weekend. It's yeah. how they spent Labor Day. So <laughs> Van Dam was invited to do the first one, but he didn't feel his role was substantial, and he immediately regretted his decision. So he came on to be the third one, and then so spoiler alert, he dies at the end of this, and he's he's he. I guess Stallone was pitching ideas for how he could come back. And he decided on Long Lost Twin. God damn it. <laughs> yes. Which I, worked Which worked in A Better Tomorrow too. Sure. It, it worked. Uh, you replaced Chow Yun Fat with uh, a cooler Chow Yun Fat somehow. Uh, worked in Beer Fest. Worked in Beer it Fest. It did. <laughs> it worked an intentional in, plot hole. It worked in like four other Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Yep. Um, and then the his Jean-Claude Van Damme's main henchman is Lee Scott Atkins, who should be in the regular cast. Yeah, it's actually kind of sad. He would be way better as a new expendable than Kellen Lutz. Let's talk about Scott Atkins' facial hair chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? Absolutely. Huh. Because he it looks different in every movie. And so, it's strictly because of his facial so hair. So in Undisputed 1 and 2, he plays Boykin, the Russian kickboxer, and he's got like a really messy goatee and then like a flat top. Yeah. And then in this one... He's got more hair on the top of his head yeah. and a slightly neater goatee. Mm-hmm. And he's a completely different person. And he's got a terrible Russian accent. <laughs> it's awesome. It's better than his American accent. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the not so facial hair chameleon Sylvester Stallone from the first and the second one? Oh, God. He, he has a mustache awful. in this one. <laughs> I'm so excited to see in the trailers for three that he's clean shaven. That is the best decision. He in looks one like day. shit it, in his first two movies. Yeah. That Having, creepy thin goatee. Uh, the, the decision to go clean shaven. Whoever told Sly to go clean shaven in three is as big a hero as whoever was like, we need to design Captain America's costume after Avengers. Um, <laughs> True. I'll support that. <laughs> but uh, so Scott Atkins, he was a Ninja Two Shadow of a Tear, highest recommendation. Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Is it Shadow of a Tear or a Tear or a Tear? Whatever. It's got to be a Tear. It's Ninja right? Two. Watch it. Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, highest recommendation. Undisputed Two and Three. In Two, he plays the bad guy. In Three, he plays the good guy. He's in Green Street Hooligans Three, which I didn't know existed. What? I don't want it to exist. Was there? I didn't know Two existed. One? Yeah, there's a second one. It's about prison soccer. <laughs> but no holds barred. Uh, 
He's in Zero Dark Thirty. He's I think he might be the seal who actually shot Bin Laden. He's in he's in uh, Born Identity Three, whatever that one's called. And then he was the Deadpool at the end of Wolverine Origins, who did all the kicky shit. Oh, okay, surprising no that one. That makes sense. Surprising no one. That was uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and then Chuck Norris shows up. He wanted a PG thirteen rating and nearly got it. I remember I remember that controversy. And yeah, that would have been bullshit. But we yeah. don't. The three is rated PG thirteen, which I guess we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we actually don't see Chuck Norris kill anyone. He fires at stuff off screen, then it cuts to people being killed by bullets from off screen. And there's only one woman that kind of comes close at the airport. Well, the, yeah, I mean that's that's killing people. That's yeah, killing but he does it all off screen. I mean, like the, it's it's pretty obvious all these guys are some of them are just too old to do anything on a hand to hand basis. Damn it, my dog keeps squeezing squeaky toys. <laughs> I don't know how she finds them. Uh, for those of you at home, there is a pile of five toys in front of Kyle as he keeps taking them from his dog. God damn it. And she will keep finding them. <laughs> the, um, the new mascot of oh, Climax. Son of a bitch. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, Chuck Norris. Not then, killing people? No, see, it, it was very odd. It, this is clearly a cast of guys that uh, are all too old to function. And, like, Chuck Norris obviously came on just for a name thing and was just like, I can't possibly kick anyone. <laughs> like, there's no way. I can't please even be. don't ask like, me to kick anyone. I would, please don't ask me to kick anyone. Don't ask me to even pretend to fire a gun because <laughs> I, I can't imagine doing it. It's awful. I am that old. And then yeah. the last, uh, one of the other new additions is non-you as Maggie. Uh, I've not seen anything else she's in uh, from Eastern Cinema. She's immediately tra- attracted to Sylvester Stallone for some reason, despite his terrible facial hair. And she's kind of a hacker, like kind of, but not really. They, they, no, she's sort of a really ha- actress. Not really. I don't know. I will. I will say his facial hair is a little bit better in this. I'll take the mustache over the thin goatee. Oh, I thought. Yeah. I thought the mustache was way grosser than the thin goatee. Oh yeah, no, he's gross through all these movies, but uh, mustache is crippling. And then, gross. Uh, worth noting, uh, one stuntman died, and another was critically critically injured during the boat chase at the what? beginning. Whoa, a stuntman died? Yeah, shit. Yeah, and almost got sued. What? Oh. When when the when they discovered they had a tank plane? You know, tank plane. Tank yeah, plane. <laughs> I think around that part. Um, the first death in this one is a nameless, faithless goon takes a fifty cal round to the face as Stallone whips his murder buggy around to clear the tank traps and at three minutes and two seconds in. Um, this movie almost had Jackie Chan and Donnie Yen in it. God, that would have been good. Mm. But once again, uh, according to my research, the signs are all in Burmese and everyone is speaking Thai. Mm-hmm. Um, Jet Li's stuff is all solo because it was shot in China while he worked on a different project. Which is why he jumped out of a plane at the first possible chance. <laughs> that he got. makes sense. Yeah. Jet Li goes home. <laughs> Jet Li going home. God damn it! So Rourke was supposed to die in this, hence the mission of revenge. But he couldn't come back, so they couldn't hang out in Tool's tattoo parlor. So they have to go to a bar, and we get to see Liam Hemsworth's combat cardigan. Yep. Oh <laughs> fuck him. He's God in a fucking. Damn it. He's in a fucking biker bar. What did he do he's to deserve like the, like the coolest Expendables death? <laughs> he died the coolest way that any Expendable could die. He's With the like, only Expendable that, who died. Oh no, the Expendables <laughs> aren't Expendable, <laughs> and that's what they explore in this film. And I'm guessing in the third one as well is how how all of the Expendables aren't Expendable. <laughs> 
Anyway, he does have an action cardigan, which is fucking awful. She wears to a fucking biker bar surrounded by professional killers. Half of this movie, they're all in street clothes, though. Like when they're. Yeah, like, Barney Ross's fucking newsy like, outfit. At God the, damn it. At the Soviet oh, trading yeah, city. Yeah, they're all wearing. Yeah, it's just like newsy wearing a cap hat. It's. Like, they're. Re- <laughs> yeah, it's. They're all dressed like the newsies. <laughs> One point. Yeah, they really are. I mean, I will say And then they suit up to crash their plane into a mine. (laughs) Yeah, god damn it, they crash into the mine. Here's what I'll say that the worst thing about this movie is that I don't spend enough time with Van Damme. Van Damme shows up and is fucking awesome. He should have killed way more people. Yeah, he shows up and is fucking awesome when you first see him, and then it's way too long until you see him again. He's got the bit where he's riding in the the subway car through the plutonium mine. Yeah. Five ounces of plutonium can change the world. Imagine what five tons can do. Yeah. I don't know. Change the world. A billion like times. More, I don't know. Like, like more than the more than that. I, I don't fucking um, know. So uh, Bruce Willis is way more reined in. Yeah, probably because he gets more to do at the end. Probably because they finished the script. But then we have we have the my favorite line from the whole movie, and I think it's Terry Crews's personal philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's after they recover the drive in the crashed plane, <laughs> and it's like, what happened? That woman is crazy. But I got a good pump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh god, that's a good. One. That's that's a great line. I uh, I think one of my favorite things is at some point they drive onto a military base and it's just a New York backdrop. And all I could think was, hmm, <laughs> what are like when they were like, okay, we got to rein in the budget. They were like, what can what excuse can we come up with to not dress up this back lot? <laughs> uh, How about they just have a, a so- fake New York? Soviets trained to yeah. invade fake New York. Yeah. And I was just like, God damn it. I mean, it's great still, but it's just like, ah, fuck. Come on now. And then, of course, uh, at the end of that sequence, when Chuck Norris shows up, he's literally, he literally calls himself a lone wolf Uh. and has a lone wolf on his hat. Uh, Hey, Chuck Norris. I think after watching this movie again, like, for this, I was like, okay, I actually enjoyed this one. This one was my favorite. So why did I not like it when I saw it in the the movies? And I think oh, did you not like it when you saw it? In the it was a lot of the self-referential crap. Like, uh, they get deep in this one. Yeah, like I think it it really soured it for me. Where like I was like, oh, the action's good, but I had no. When they make the Chuck groaning. Norris, when yeah. they make the Chuck Norris joke, there was a good like, thirty seconds where they had one right after the other. Yeah, the the Chuck Norris joke, I was just like. Here's, of course they fucking did it. But here's here's where I think the biggest throwback to the 80s was. Mm-hmm. Here's my big homage to the time that was. Mm-hmm. Is when they go into the bar to find members of this gang to question, he's wearing a net t-shirt. Yes! And that is the most 1980s thing <laughs> I can think of for a bad guy, is the dudes in a net t-shirt. <laughs> the net t-shirt. God, it's good. The net wife beater. That's what it is. It's just... You know he's a bad guy if he's, he's wearing the fucking fishnet shirt. He's gonna kill you. Yeah, and uh, you know he has it coming. Speaking of henchmen, uh, there's one that w- went ab- above the rest. Um, is the, the the beginning fight where they're on the plane trying to get away, and uh, uh, f- <laughs> one one gets his jet ski up against it and jumps on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fan boat drops him off, and he's the only one that like hops on the plane. Granted, he gets immediately. 
beat the fuck up and yeah, tossed yeah. off the plane, but he's the only one who's like, you know what? Yeah, that guy I'm did gonna, a great I'm job. I'm gonna board this plane. I'm gonna stop him. I'm gonna, I'm do gonna it. take it. I kind of feel like there was a part where Stallone punches him in the face and he drops back and he expects to be stopped by his friends who jumped yeah. in after him <laughs> to back him up and he's like, fuck. Get him, boys. Oh, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're on the boats. They're like, hey, check out. Oh, did you guys see what Dave did? Uh, Dave got on the plane. We're not supposed to get on the plane. Holy Dave's shit. a badass. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then it cuts to his broken body being thrown out the door by Stallone. <laughs> oh, shit. What happened to you, oh, Steve? Oh, I got Dave's blood in my eyes. Oh, fuck. They killed Dave. Oh, no, Dave. <laughs> oh, he was the bravest. They immediately Dave was out. the best of us. What <laughs> chance do we have? If they did that and to Dave. And that's when they break the chase off. <laughs> they did that to Dave, think what they'll do to us. Oh, God. Right. Let's move on to my second favorite line. Yeah. I now pronounce you man and noi. Oh, I wrote that one down. First of all, that team is terrible. That, 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 I'm sorry, not team. That, that plan was terrible. They were just like, what's the plan to save this little town? One guy will be in disguise, and then the rest of us will shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> so why Go. Why don't you just all shoot them? Just... just Take up strategic position. And then they do a really good you job. You know, like you did on that boat in the first movie. <laughs> they do a really good job of uh, no civilian casualties. Yeah. And I don't want to step on Nick's toes, but I feel like there was a henchman who deserves the poor SAP award. Yeah. Is the guy who gets shot by everybody a thousand times. Oh, no, no, no that's that's the poor SAP award. But this guy was the... the Fucking Johnny come lately. Honorable mention henchman. Honorable mention henchman. I like it. Yeah, I like that. So Jason Statham stabs everyone in a church. Yeah. And then uh, the rest of the Expendables shoot everybody. And there's one guy left when they all meet up. And they all shoot him a hundred times. That poor It was like a RoboCop-esque. Yeah, it was. It was a RoboCop-esque death. God, he got shot so much. Rest in pieces. Rest in pieces. God damn it. Oh, that poor bastard. Whatever. All right, so what else happens? Because my note stopped after all the self-references on this one. Well, because well, it just right, apparently right row, it was like I'll be. He says I'll be me. back twice. Yeah, he says, I'll and then be he's back. like, "You've been back enough. I'll be back." Then he walks away. He goes, "Yippee guy And then what's next, Rambo? Okay, so we've got we have another. We we didn't touch on it in Expendables one, where Stallone clomps. Yeah. Towards the escaping plane, like mm-hmm. he runs, like he's trying to not shit his pants, and then we get another great one where he runs across a fucking airport, and it's like, why don't you just bring in a body double? Where he does that terrible, I'm gonna shit my pants run, where he doesn't want to bring his legs he looks together. Like a gorilla exactly. from Congo, like. <laughs> so he, I don't want to shit my pants. Runs to the fight with Van Damme. That first of all. <laughs> I don't understand that sequence. I, um, okay, this this the ending of this movie is significantly less confusing, except geography wise, because I thought they were in the middle of fucking nowhere, no. but then they're all of a sudden crashing into a very busy airport. <laughs> the Indianapolis International yeah, Airport. Like they're crashing into the Indianapolis International Airport, and they kill no civilians. Every civilian. I don't know how they don't do that. That's how good they are. A pretty good but death like, is when the guy gets shot and he falls back into the X-ray machine. <laughs> And they, keep, and they keep shooting him in the x-ray machine. You see his stupid skeleton. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. But, like, I was just like, oh, I guess they're at the airport now. I literally rewound it because I was like, what happened? What events happened to where they, they're in an airport? 
It, it doesn't matter because it's a great ending sequence. Like it, it's a great gunfight through the airport, and then it it sets you up on a crash course with Van Damme and Stallone. Okay, before we get to the fight post, I'm gonna shit my pants. Run. <laughs> we have Scott Adkins versus Jason Statham. So Jason Statham's entire through line through one and a half movies is he's the fucking knife guy. Yeah. And as soon as he faces down another knife guy, he's like, well, I guess I'm about brass knuckles. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck you. I paid for a knife fight. Yeah, give me a knife fight. <laughs> Suck I'm <my> adoptable. <laughs> I came here. I came here for a knife fight. You go knife to knife right now. Between you and Scott Adkins. You son of a bitch. Um, That's not knife. And that fight was not fucking long enough no that fight needed to be way longer yeah it was upsetting i mean like could you imagine could you imagine kicky spinny jason statham from transporter one versus scott atkins that'd be an amazing fight that'd I'd be a top it. five all-time fight. yeah i'd love to watch we and shouldn't have had to we should have had that but here's the well, thing yeah, that's true it's thanks to kyle's point is scott atkins facial hair chameleon <laughs> Is we can bring him back for four clean shaven. <laughs> we can. No one would know. Literally, no one would know. That and the people the who would know would would be fine with it. Yeah, no one would give a shit. Um, okay, so Van Dam versus Stallone. It opens with this great line where Van Dam doesn't have a gun and he goes, "You want to kill me like a man, or you want to kill me like a sheep? What's it gonna be, <laughs> man or sheep?" And Stallone takes his guns off. <laughs> He coaxed him into it immediately. And then they punch in the dark, and we get, like, five J- uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme oh, split full, kicks. full split kicks. Yeah. It, uh, it wasn't a Two great, right off the bat. It wasn't a great fight I thought at it, the end. But, it was too bad. But as Stallone is taking his guns off, he goes, you want to man up? I'll man you up. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I don't know, but it's a great line. <laughs> it's great. Well, like, it's Stallone's go-to thing in most of these movies is just to repeat what an adversary says to him, but more <laughs> menacingly. You want to man up? I'll man you up. I'll man you up. And then they have the fight, okay. and he beats him with a chain, and then to prove whips, he killed Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. he cuts his head off. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Why did he cut his head off? Why did he do that? And then no one cared when they just dropped it. And then, like, Bruce Willis... Everyone was impressed, Yeah, Bruce Willis was just like, oh, it's a bit excessive. Everyone was like... Yeah, it was, like, slightly excessive. Everyone was like, oh, cool, you cut his head off. And then it dropped to the ground. They're like, oh, that is gross. That's a little gross. You shouldn't have done that. I I like to think maybe since he, like, whipped the chain around his neck, like, he couldn't detach it. Like, it was so ingrained in his (laughs) neck. It's just easier to to finish the job and just pull the chain and oh hack God. at it at the same time. <laughs> okay. I thought about the mechanics a lot. <laughs> I, I will say this. I do love that uh, Willis and Stallone actually stuck around for the climax in two, well, which was completely necessary. Because Stallone called out Willis, and he's like, you don't want else to do your dirty work. You're afraid to get your own hands dirty. And then he hangs up, yeah. and then Willis is like, motherfucker. Right. Oh, that is right. Yeah. I should go to that airport and shoot some people. <laughs> shoot some motherfuckers. I should I should go shoot some people at an airport. It is pretty great because it's it's him, Stallone, and Schwarzenegger like in a three man team mowing down people. Oh, they're killing airport. motherfuckers! And then every once in a while, and then they um, have that tiny car that him that Stallone. I actually love that. that Schwarzenegger and Willis rip the doors <laughs> off. Well, the problem is, is my shoes bigger than this car. <laughs> Schwarzenegger grabs the door and just effortlessly <laughs> rips the door off like it was unavoidable. Yeah. Like, he was like, trying, he's like, like it was like, oops. It's oh a, no, I'm sorry. It's a piece of shit. Is this least? <laughs> it's a piece of shit. <laughs> we'll go get you another one. 
Don't worry, we'll get you Mini Cooper. <laughs> um, it's not a Mini Cooper. <laughs> there were some amazing uh, lines out of nowhere. Like, every time Jason Statham loads the gun on Tank Plane, mm-hmm. soup's hot, baby wants to travel, <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> He had one, Rock and roll makes he had sense. One, he had one for everything. Every time, soup's every time he fired, he, every time he fired the the cannon, it, the first one was soup's hot. Baby wants to travel, and then he finally got to rock and roll. It's like, does he have a book and he can't load it until he finishes? Whatever he says, uh, um, I need uh, uh, tickets ride. <laughs> and tickets then, to ride. Two tickets to paradise. And then at one point, Terry Crews shouted, "I got your gangbang right here." <laughs> Did you grab his crotch? Okay. No. <laughs> I'm into it. I don't care. Okay, so thoughts on uh, Expendables 2. Way better than 1. Oh, God. It's head and it, it feels like it should have been. It. it feels like it should have been 1. They do a way better job of establishing... Honestly, they do a way better job establishing the characters. Like, I, I you could start with 2 and still know what everyone's about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. actually, it works better without 1. Yeah, way better. Because Gunner makes way more sense. Yeah. Because you're just like because they establish finally in two they draw from his real life and make him a weird unappreciated <laughs> genius but, slash crazy person. He tried and to it's build just a like, bomb in the mines. It, like it's way better to go into this movie and not know that he betrayed them and got shot in the heart. <laughs> like the whole team dynamic makes way more sense minus the first film. He got shot just above the heart. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's why he's not dead. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, the bad guys are better. The bad guy's plan is is both more complicated in that they want to affect the world, but way simpler in that there's not a counter-coup happening yeah. after the first coup. <laughs> it's way simpler. Well, the, the goal was... You know, it, it's still more involved, but overall, I still get it. I know, and it's a bigger threat. And the bad guys are a threat personally. Yeah. Like, Eric Roberts was never a problem. The no. general was never a problem. Van Damme will fucking kill Van you. Damme and Scott Van Damme Atkins will fuck your shit up. immediately established. They, they killed a yeah. member of their team. They killed Thor's brother. He, he karate stabbed him. He kick stabbed him. God, who kick dies stab- like that? I like how he looked at his henchman. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, the problem was there Scott was zero. Atkins, he's were, like... There was zero planning. Oh, number two in the, the yeah. playbook? Yeah. 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 Scott Kent was like, oh, we're doing the knife thing? Like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that was just like, I think we're going to do the knife thing. We're in front of guests, so we're going to do the knife thing. You, you, get, you gave me the nod instead of brushing the, the, yeah. the side of your nose, so I know it's the knife thing instead of the chain thing. Yeah. Like, it's fine. All right, so we are going to hit pause, and then we're going to come back uh, a couple days from now when we have seen Expendables 3, and we're going to wrap this bitch up. We're back. Uh, we just got out of Expendables three. <laughs> uh, I think it's the best one so far. I'm jacked. I, I think so too. They actually genuinely got better and better. They uh, they keep they keep learning the right lessons, which you rarely see in franchises. Never, almost never. <laughs> they're like rarely usually they're better. like, well, the last one worked too well. Let's change it up and see what else we could get away with. What if we mixed it up? Uh, this one feels more focused. It feels more personal uh everyone got a thing to do that's the beauty of this one and i i think is what was missing from the other ones was that they really hit it home especially with the new team like who did what 
and like like as opposed to the first one it was just like they're a bunch of old guys we'll just put them all together and they're like kind of different and then the second one they started to give them some personality and then the third one they were like oh yeah in movies like this you give them arch archetypes yeah they don't, like you're they like don't, you need the hacker you yeah. need the maniac you need like all, all these people and you're like like when you first see wesley snipes he immediately comes across as oh i know this guy he's a maniac <laughs> among maniacs mm-hmm. and then i guess also a doctor he's the one <laughs> a parkour doctor yeah he's the one that they're scared of yeah he's the one that everyone else is yeah, like there's, shit there's a part where they rescue him from prison and he's like got like the prison beard and stuff and like the scariest thing all the expendables have seen is someone dry shaving <laughs> with a knife <laughs> they're like what the fuck what you don't even want a lotion Sharp, after sharpen it when you're done like we saw we saw Hail Caesar explode a man like a water balloon with an automatic shotgun. But this is fucked up. That's just fucked up. <laughs> so, uh, the PG-13, did that bother anybody? No, actually. I didn't even notice, notice yeah. it, honestly. Um, I kind of liked it because it meant no CG blood. Yeah. Like, like people being shot and this little dust being kicked up to show the bullet going in, I am way better with than terrible CG blood. I, th- I thought they didn't really have that in the second one either. I, or at least I don't remember as much of the bad CGI blood yeah, in the, yeah, they, they in the second it. movie. There's there's some like in the opening scene, and then when Scott mm-hmm. Atkins gets uh, kicked into the helicopter blade. But in this third one, well, that's a body going like, into a helicopter. Well, blade. yeah, that's true. <laughs> so throw a watermelon into it. In the third one, <laughs> though, everything's like way more streamlined. Yeah, and it looks great, and just like. It just it does such a better idea, a better idea, a better way of like giving us who these guys are. Like it 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 just really worked. The introduction of Snipes is so fucking awesome. I love it a lot. I love that he was one of the five. Yeah, he was one of the original members, the original yeah. founders. Yeah, because um, in real life he was. <laughs> um, so this was directed by Patrick Hughes, who's done some shorts in a movie called Red Hill, which is a modern western with Ryan Quinten. Um, I've not seen it. He is announced for the Raid remake, so I would assume that the big fight at the end, the skyscraper. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, real fast, we're going full spoiler on this, kids. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, bail now. Yeah. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> he's announced for the Raid remake. The skyscraper scene at the end is his audition. Which is a shame because the hand to hand is not well shot. No, not great. I mean, there's some great Ronda Rousey gets some fucking great shit in. She there. gets some cool stuff, but it's it's poorly shot. There's it's, a part yeah. where she she throws a dude in the armbar, mm-hmm. and then she's reaching for a gun. But then they go low, and then he picks it up to power bomb her. Yeah. And then there's like a camera movement, and suddenly she's like hurricaning him, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. Yeah. It's like you have Ronda Rousey, you have Randy Couture, you have Jason Statham, you have Wesley Snipes, you have real martial artists, and you have Victor Ortiz, and you have like like movie trained martial artists and you can't fucking shoot it right yeah um which is a shame they do the work <laughs> yeah they yeah, know the I, work. I, I, that's also the other thing I, I thought everyone looked way better in this yeah. film than they've ever looked in any other one oh, absolutely like, like like everyone like clearly the older guys that have been in the whole franchise have been working out and just look like they're in better shape <laughs> they sound better mm-hmm. they're like they've literally shaken the rust off and you're just like oh these guys finally are like back into it but yeah everything and then everything, they disappeared every- for half the movie yeah like well that's that's, that's that's my that's why i might give my favorite to the second i, I don't i like the third one but i don't think it would mm. yeah, yeah. all i, mean, I know we'll, we'll is that. that they they rescue 
Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes from a train. From a super train. From a super train. From a tank train. Then after that mission, they blow up the helicopter that okay. they were on. No, no, no. Very guys, casually. Guys, you're really hung up I, on that. I loved it. <laughs> no, it also you, didn't make any sense, but I loved it. We'll point out that, have you guys played Bro Force? Of course, you guys have played Bro Force. <laughs> they Bro Force twice in this movie. Mm. Meaning, they jump on a helicopter and escape before the thing they are on blows up. They <laughs> yeah, do that that's twice true. in this movie. It opens and closes yeah, the movie. Yeah, bookended it. That's just yes. great filmmaking. Um, the first is the train, which runs into the prison and blows it up. They jump on a helicopter and escape right God, before it. How many political prisoners died? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many, so many innocent political prisoners wrongfully there. That was that country's Gitmo. And then like, he just blew it up to get to this one guy. At least we gave him a quick death. Who uh, also is like that one guy. I don't even know who that guy is. I He's don't know just what the situation is. But there been... was a fucking portrait of him just staring Wesley Snipes in the face. I don't even know if that guy knew Wesley Snipes. <laughs> or if Wesley Snipes was so crazy that he looked at this guy's painting for just like... imagined a whole relationship. Yeah, for like eight, eight <laughs> hours and he was just like, I'm gonna fucking kill he this just, guy. He just hated that guy. Whenever He didn't even know he that guy was probably him. in the prison. He just was like... Ugh. Okay, so real fast before we get any more into it, let's knock out the new ones. Kellen Lutz uh, looks good with his shirt off, but he's no Scott Adkins. No. <laughs> and um, <laughs> this role was also offered to Lucas Till, who played Havoc in the X-Men uh, first class. That wouldn't have worked. Then we have Rowdy Ronda Rousey, UFC's first and reigning women's bantamweight champion. You beautiful, terrifying woman. The last Strike Force bantamweight champion, undefeated armbar specialist, and the first American woman to earn an Olympic medal in judo at Beijing in 08. Victor Ortiz, he's a boxer, who a righty who fights Southpaw, former welterweight champion. He held titles in two different boxing divisions. I don't know if you guys remember, there's a controversial uh, Floyd Mayweather fight where... Uh, he's fighting Victor Ortiz. Victor Ortiz headbutted him in a clinch. They broke him up, and then when they came out, they touched gloves. And before Victor Ortiz pulled his hands back from the glove touch, Floyd Mayweather basically sucker punched him and oh, knocked wow. him out. And then, like you know, they gave it to they gave it to or they gave it to Mayweather, and they're like, "Well, you should keep your guard up at all times." Um, but that's that's Victor Ortiz uh, as Mars. So you've got Kellen Lutz as Smiley, the Navy SEAL Marine dude. Ronda Rousey is the bouncer or close combat. Victor Ortiz, who had a sweet job at DARPA. And then Glenn Powell as the, yeah. as the hacker, Hi-Fi. He's the only actual actor in this whole bunch. Well, it was also, the he was like the biggest, uh, like, I couldn't believe that they didn't have a hacker on the team the whole yeah. time. Which I thought was really funny. It was like the 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 finally like the the team archetype that they like. like I was like, oh yeah, now they're finally adding people that you would see in like a Mission Impossible movie mm-hmm. or like an actual like Black Ops team now. But if you're wondering where you saw Glenn Powell, he's the broker who's talking shit while getting his shoe shined in Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> oh and he's the God. one that Bane is like, there's no money here, and then Bane goes, then why are you here? And then knocks him out. And then that's Glenn Powell's biggest role to date, besides Expendables 3. God bless him. He did a so, great job. So, uh, Oh, and then who else do we have? And then Harrison Ford shows up to replace Bruce Willis. Who <laughs> shockingly didn't like completely phone it in. No, so Bruce Very Willis good. Bruce Willis was being paid three million dollars. Three million dollars for four days work, and he decided he wanted a million dollars a day instead of seven hundred and fifty thousand a day. And then someone was like, mm, I'll just probably Harrison Ford. And then they did. And Harrison <laughs> actually kinda tried. 
Yeah. No, he I, like I, every time he was on screen I was just like, "Whoa, really? Harrison?" Okay, I, you, I thought you were going to show up here and just be angry grandpa, but you, I mean, you were angry grandpa, but, but I felt like you were trying. Yeah. You gave a shit. Uh, Antonio Banderas, playing a role oh, yeah. originally meant for Jackie Chan, but Jackie dropped it when he realizes he wouldn't be the lead. Uh, I'll say this, uh, fans, uh, Banderas is my favorite expendable now. Yeah, he's amazing. He's, he's uh, And then, Kyle, which archetype did he fulfill? He was the motor mouth. Which is what you want. He was the one guy on the team that's annoying, which is what, which is on every. But he's like, so good at like his this. job. God, he's fucking good in but this he's movie. He's so good too. at his job. Yeah, like, I like how they kind of like, introduced him as like he might be the parkour guy. I'm yeah, like, really old yeah. ass Banderas. Yeah, who they clearly just hired someone else to do the parkour. Oh, absolutely. And he had a bandana over his face and just pulled it off at the end. But he was like, great. He was like he yeah. he literally is puss and boot. Puss and Boots? Puss and Boots. Puss and Boots. Puss and Boots. <laughs> Just a bit in this movie. As a person, yeah. of vile in Boots. It was awesome. And then, um, <laughs> real fast, Mila Jovovich was offered a role, but couldn't make it work due to the scheduling. So I think That's she was going to be... I think she was going to be Mel what Gibson's uh, assistant. And she oh, got, really? She probably would have gotten a fight with Rousey. Oh, fuck that. Steven Seagal, again, shot it down. Nick Cage was offered the role of Bonaparte, which went to Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Nick- Grammer's awesome <laughs> in this movie. Great. He's back. great! Before we get to anyone else, let's talk about racist-ass Melly Gibson. Yeah! And how good he was in this oh movie. Oh my god! I am sorry to our Jewish listeners. I immediately forgave <laughs> Mel Gibson. He worked some kind of magic on me. I was so happy every time he was on screen. Was, and I'm sorry. They did this amazing thing in casting their villains, where they were both... That for two and three, you were just like, those are villains. Yep, those yeah. are people I want to hate in a role. Like, I'm really into all, it. All of the villains are great. Mel Gibson can still do crazy rigs eyes <laughs> and shit like that. That's fucking awesome. Uh, that's how he lives. He has he, crazy there's like eyes. a scene when they, when they capture him and they're Spoiler. in the van. Holy fuck. He's terrifying. Like, He's in control. Mel Gibson is legit terrifying in this movie. Why? They're like, halfway through the film, he becomes horrifying yeah why would you rip the duct tape off his mouth yeah, why would just you don't let him talk. talk i get him Never i get maybe to talk. punch him just no put it back on once you're done punching punch him. Him. i don't know why would you need the tape off to punch him no i don't Slide, need to hear right? his commentary on my punches yeah and he just he gets in everyone's head yeah um there was a great reading where they've captured the new school expendables and he goes to ronda rousey's character and he goes i feel the most sorry for you and she's like i don't give a shit what you think and he's like Offended, he's like, I've, I have feelings. I have a daughter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, that might be one of my favorite moments from all these movies. Where you're just like, what? I don't have feelings. I, I like, I do bad things. That don't make me a bad person. I understand. I have I'm a doing daughter. Bad. Like, I can. I I, daughter. I'm empathetic. <laughs> Asshole. He was so great. Holy shit, he was good. Oh, this. he was just like, he was like every like old hippie, like the government's evil and they're yeah. out to get you. But he did something about it. Yeah. Which is sell weapons to people. Yeah. Which has formed his he own militia. Um, Run yeah. it out of Asmenazan. Ask Look, so let's, Ask, uh, let's talk about the just the big. I don't know. What, As, is like Asmenistan. Asmenistan. Asstan. I love that at the end of this movie, he's like his his third world country army is getting destroyed by this Ten people. super team. <laughs> and he's like, what's happening? It's just like, dude, these, these people have never had to fight a war in their life. Yeah. I, I mean, like, they, they, they've certainly fought to listen, survive. They can you, kill peasants. Listen, yeah, if they, you want to kill unarmed peasants... peasants 
call the army, but we're not used to people shooting back. We're not used to people being able to fight back. Yeah, like, people shooting back at us is not normal. There's a guy with a dirt bike blowing up yeah. tanks. At no point did we train for that. I, I didn't even know that dirt bikes were an issue on the battlefield. Listen, I didn't think they'd show up. They well, have, the worst part is it's our dirt bike. <laughs> they have some that, sort of dark guy. A black guy? Yeah. And he's We've just stabbing seen everyone. one of them. There's a couple of them. It's awful. Um, so I've read, I read the screenplays for one and three. Uh, the big differences in one is a Dolph dies and stays dead. Uh, in this one, Terry Crews dies. And not only does he like... Okay, so so they go to they go to Somalia where nothing good happens. Yeah, and then uh, the first thing they do when they see Mel Gibson, the first thing Mel Gibson does in the movie is shoot the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> the very first thing racist ass Melly Gibson's does yep. is shoot the largest black man he can see, which is Terry mm-hmm. Crews. And then in the in the in it, what happens is. It's a it's a it's a fuel air bomb. It's a MOAB, the mother of all bombs, and it's basically within a contained area, the same destructive output of like a nuke in a much smaller area with no radiation. That's what a fuel air bomb does. So that's what gets dropped on them. So the rest of them dive for cover. And then Terry Crews just won't stop shooting at Mel Gibson's helicopter, and that's how he dies. He just gets fucking immolated. And then um, I guess Terry Crews decided like he wanted to go back and shoot Brooklyn Nine Nine, but he really wanted to be a part of this if there was time. Yeah. So they just kind of removed Terry Crews from it. So they killed Terry Crews mm-hmm. in theory. They well, no, they put him in coma. Yeah, they put him in the ICU. Once again, he's someone is shot in the fucking heart and no, is no. just in a coma. Mm-hmm. I t- I That's thought, how tough. These I guys thought he are was again. shot in the knees. No, he was no, shot he in the back of the leg and the ass. Okay, and then I, I took but then it as... But also sh- shot in the back. Like, no, it was shra- I thought it was shrapnel that went through him. There's definitely a part it. where they're, they're trying to close a wound on his chest. Yeah. Where there was a bullet or shrapnel or, or what have you. Who knows? But, you know, it's it's movie death. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, movie, it's a movie wound. Yeah. Because um, they can fly him back from Africa on their <laughs> shitty plane and get him to the hospital in time to save him. Oh, let's um, fly him back to New Orleans. Okay. <laughs> okay, so my big question is Wesley Snipes, great addition to the cast. Yeah. He's having so much fun. Do you think he referred to himself in third person as his character like he did on Blade 3? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's a method. He can't leave it. <laughs> you can tell this whole time, like, throughout this whole movie, you're just like, this man wants Blade 4. He wants Blade 4 so yes. fucking oh, God. This we man all, misses we all want it too. kicking and punching motherfuckers so bad. He just wants to do it. And we can't let it end on Blade 3. Yeah. Blade Trinity sucked. Yeah, it was awful. We gotta bring it back for Blade 4. Um... <laughs> I see. He shows up. There's a bit where there's uh, the dog tags of the guys who have died hanging by the door. This is literally the first time we've seen it. Yeah. And this is like the third plane they've gone through yeah. since we've met know. them. Rewatching all of them, it shows up, but not in like a explainable thing. I They're just, just really kind talk of about there. really yeah. the motivation for so the whole idea theme of this. It's the movie same. It's the same as the second is, one. Is old school yeah. versus new school, and. At the end of this mission, when Terry Crews gets shot, Stallone decides to disband the Expendables, mm-hmm. and he wants to create a new team that of he doesn't care about. That he doesn't care about to go and kill Mel Gibson. Yep, which is the most ironic thing to happen in a movie called The Expendables. Yeah, <laughs> is that he had to fire all of these dudes <laughs> who weren't he, expendable, who weren't expendable. To go find people that are expendable, who end up not being expendable. Who are younger, have their so whole lives So then he brings back ahead the guys them. that he thought he didn't want to be expendable to save the people he thought were expendable. And then, Nick, what were you saying about them being younger? I was like, oh, I'm just going to get rid of like these old dogs who are ready to die at my command, and I'll just 
get these new young people who have their whole lives ahead of them. <laughs> and the thing is, is he goes to professional mercenary recruiter Kelsey Grammer as Bonaparte, who's great. And he's like, he's like, I need, I need uh, young, hungry, and willing to take a bullet. The only person they meet who seems like they're suicidal, yeah, is uh, Kellen Letts's character because yeah. he's just like throwing fights for money in mm-hmm. Mexico. Everyone else is like. Like Ronda Rousey, we meet in a bar, and she's Everyone got a has gr- great job. She's got a great job as a bouncer in New York. Uh, Victor Ortiz is works at DARPA, making new weapons, just in dreaming new guns. And then the other dude, like he's the- on house arrest, and he like climbs mountains for fun. The, the uh. Wi-Fi, the hacker, but even he's like. No, life's fucking great. I'm just excited. Like, he didn't find anyone who was a suicidal Section 8 no. kind of... Listen, if he truly had a death wish, he wouldn't have well, had the a best parachute part, it, and it, pulled it when he was cliff jumping or thank whatever. Thank you. Yeah, the best thank part you. is when... Uh, so they he gathers his new team, and then they're, they're figuring out how to capture Mel Gibson. And... It, it, it's just the perfect example of how he just got the wrong people. Because, <laughs> like... Uh, Stallone's like, we're just going to bust in, and we're going to take them. And they're like, that's a plan from 1985. How about I hack the security <laughs> system, and then we How go about we in. hack everything? How about, I, how about we Mission Impossible this? And then he's just like, okay. And then they do, and successfully get Mel Gibson. Yeah. Or so they think. Well, or, I mean, I don't, I don't think... Did you, you didn't think that he planned to be taken. That's no, not no, at no, all no, the no, case. No, no, it's no, just that he had a one-up. He had the yeah. thing in the watch. Yeah. He had the GPS he tracker. Had a, he had an ace in his pocket. I think we skipped over a very important part of this movie is um, Sylvester Stallone's wardrobe when he's hunting for his new members of his team. <laughs> <laughs> Takes their neck. Yeah, go. Okay, so when they go, they're going for... Okay, the guy climbing the mountain... He's wearing like this, like new Mexican. Yeah, do you think it's Billy's cardigan? combat cardigan from two? Oh, <laughs> do you think yeah. he's wearing it in honor of their dead sniper? <laughs> it's crazy out there. And then, and then when he's at the club for Ronda Rousey, he's wearing like this, like leather pork jacket, pie hat. hat. He's wearing like a pork. Oh pie yeah, hat. he's wearing a pork pie. Hat. He's wearing a Rocky. He's wearing a Rocky outfit. <laughs> he looks like Not the so fucking Beeper King from Thirty Rock. Oh my god, <laughs> that's how he's dressed: the leather jacket. Glow in the dark skull T-shirt, <laughs> a pork pie hat. Yeah, like for each each thing he's going to, he's got like a different cute outfit to fit the ass atmosphere. To fit the atmosphere. Whereas Kelsey Grammer's dressed the same in every scene. <laughs> oh god, I cannot wait till this comes out on home video so I can confirm if he's wearing Billy's combat cardigan. Oh, god damn it, Kelsey Grammer. Great cancer joke, I guess. Amazing cancer. <laughs> that dude is fucking jet black. Like that is that is the I don't. He's give the a darkest fuck. of all of them. <laughs> and he's in the movie for six minutes. It's <laughs> a great six minutes. Um, oh, I want to talk about right before they they capture Mel Gibson. Uh, Colin Lutz confronts Sylvester Stallone. He's like, you know, like, why are we going after this guy? He's like, I thought you didn't care. It's like, well, if I'm doing the job, I care. So Stallone gives him Mel Gibson's file. I lost it in the theater. Kellen Lutz reacting to his reading the file <laughs> oh, is yeah. a masterclass in acting. Well, like, he saw he sees a he sees a picture of a bunch of dead people, and it's like he's never seen a dead body like, before. He's like, oh my god! And then he sees he sees the Expendables tattoo on uh, Mel Gibson's forearm. He's like, he starts like looking around at people who aren't there. He's got like the one eyebrow raised, looking it's, to the side. Uh, uh, he gets act- it two times. He's just like, oh. Oh! He's acting his fucking dick off. On point. Reading that file. <laughs> it's way better than anything he did in Twilight. Why isn't it Scott Adkins? I... 
just uh, just give him a different haircut and no That's facial all hair. It would have been. And no one would have known. Give him clean shaven. No one would have known. <laughs> it's like my plan for Fast Five, Six, Seven, Eight when they bring in the Expendables to back up Hobbs, and it's like, oh. and they see Jason Statham, like, you know. A guy who looked a lot like you tried to kill us, and he's like, that's a bit racist, ain't it? And then we're done. We never acknowledge <laughs> yeah, it again. Who cares? You know what's really funny is uh, <laughs> I was watching this movie. At some point, Stallone gets in a a, a product-placed Ford truck, and I was like, oh, good for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the franchise got big enough. They got a Ford product it's placed. It's parked so in the really middle nice. of nowhere, like yeah. in the middle of this huge space. Also, they gave them a cover. Finally, where like you're, they, they, he runs like an airfield. Barney runs like an airfield. It's like Ross and something airfield. Like you're finally like, oh, you do have a cover. You run an airfield Ross where you can aviation keep, or something. Where you can keep your giant plane. Tank, tank plane. Yeah. And no one asks questions. But yeah, I was like, oh, product placement. That's nice. Um, <laughs> They're there. So, so, the, so. While Stallone is on a mission with the new school, the old school, like, has trouble adapting to everyday life, except they're just lonely. Like, they don't have any friends, yeah. even though they know that all of their friends are also not doing anything. All they have to do is call each other. <laughs> um, but, like I said, I read the script. So, in the like script, racquetball. in the script, Wesley Snipes is stuck in traffic, and it says, in all caps, he's traded one cage for another. <laughs> And then he abandons his car. And then Couture <laughs> is just, frustrated by the U-scan at, like, a, a shopping market. I wish they would have shot that. And he, like, rips the U-scan out of the floor. Statham's girlfriend, uh, Charisma Carpenter, is still around. And he's bored to death doing other couple shit. And just leaves dinner in the middle of the conversation. God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and then uh, the only thing they kept was Lundgren just shooting the same target with every kind of gun. <laughs> But there was a great bit where uh, Snipes is looking at this comfortable bed in a hotel room and decides to lay on the floor. Yeah. And, like, a lot of uh, soldiers who are rescued, like, due to their – and people who get out of prison due to their terrible conditions can't sleep comfortably on, like, nice beds because mm-hmm. they're just – they've just gotten so used to just, like, the floor or something stiff and, yeah. you know, unyielding. Um, I thought that was a great character moment. Yeah. Uh, it would, might be one of the best character moments in this whole franchise. Except for Kellen Lutz leading the, reading the well, file. Well, yeah, obviously. besides that, I got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you were like, it was beautiful because you were like, wow, Mel Gibson's really fucked up. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, Kellen. Yeah. He, he really wishes there was someone else there he could react yeah. to. <laughs> I wish everyone wasn't asleep. <laughs> that was the best one. That was the best take they did. Yeah. Yeah, so I really wish they would have kept that other stuff because it's like Randy Couture doesn't have anyone to drink with at a bar. Jason yeah. Statham doesn't have anyone to watch TV with with yeah. his fucking Naruto knives. It's like you guys have friends and you know they're free. Just call each other. Because you guys used right to go to the same bar all the time. Just go. Yeah, because they're go not to the bar. Because not going to Eastern Europe to fucking. They're not going to Albania. Go ride motorcycles to together, you idiots. Yeah, and then like they finally like you guys were together earlier today. Go harass at- some bros playing yeah. basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go to a basketball court and just kick the shit out of yeah, who cares? Do it together. I'd love to see Wesley do that. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, so right. it's like, and I've noticed, we discussed this uh, in part one of this podcast, where Stallone only brings one clip for his assault rifle. Yeah. And he fucking does it again in this movie. He, yes. has, he, has, he has one clip, and as soon as it's empty, he's like, well, this this $1,000 gun, this multi, is, is useless. I'm just going to go to two pistols and then my fucking six-shooter. My yeah. six-shooter, which shoots like a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, and he like he went from like R- Rambo, where he yeah. wanted the biggest fucking gun possible, to just yeah. constantly dual-wielding p- dual yeah. pistols. It was... Uh, it's weird. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
It uh okay, so we have this this Mission Impossible style abduction. Yeah. Where Rousey just puts Gibson down. <laughs> tases, and then they take him tases him right in the dick. Oh god. And then Mel Gibson scares everyone half to death. <coughs> while handcuffed. While handcuffed. <laughs> and surrounded by people. And then who want to kill somehow him. inversely captures an entire team of expendables <laughs> instead of them taking him. Twist. Yeah. Here's That's how twist. good he is. And then he just assumes that Barney's alive after he blows him off of a fucking bridge with well, a rocket. Well, he did, he did send guys, and those guys yeah. were murdered. Yeah. Okay, so he had a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So he had, he had a pretty good idea. So then he goes back, and he flies back after, you know, escaping the bad guys who came for him. And he refuses to go ask his old team for help because he fired him. So his only backup is Antonio Banderas. <laughs> yeah, so he just goes with Antonio. And they're just gonna they're just gonna go die together, him and Antonio Banderas. This guy that he's met once. Who, once again, is amazing and has the most emotional depth of anyone across three movies. Yeah. And has the biggest arc across three movies. Yeah. yeah. And has the clearest goal across three movies. <laughs> uh like I said, uh, Banderas is my favorite. We we try to get nice and buzz for these. We bought this uh, beer, Astria, from Barcelona, and we got it just because Antonio Banderas is my new favorite expendable. <laughs> if, if he doesn't come back for four, I'm going to be super pissed. It's a good beer. <clears throat> Treat me right. Um, so so they go to Asmanistan or whatever, mm-hmm. and the, the, the new school is being held in an abandoned casino skyscraper. And they get there, and then Mel Gibson's got a camera, and he reveals that everything's, you know, primed to explode. And then we have, basically, Patrick Hughes has been given the Raid remake in America. Yeah. He's been attached to it. Um, so I guess the skyscraper fight is his audition. Mm-hmm. Not super impressed. It's not great. There are great moments. There's a couple mm. weird things where they send the hacker kid. Literally, the the last act of this entire battle takes place in 30 minutes. And during that entire 30 minutes, they send the hacker kid climbing up an elevator shaft. To protect yeah, him from the tank shells that are being fired at them. Yes. They literally fight an army. They fight mm-hmm. tanks, helicopters, ground troops, and then SAS dudes rappelling out of fucking mm-hmm. helicopters. It's literally 10 against an army. And so they don't. So the hacker guy has got a, a computer on his arm that's fighting the bad guy's signal to just blow up the building. So they stuff him in an elevator shaft, <laughs> and he's climbing it for so long. So he's parkour climbing he's it. He's gone for a while. He's out of the yeah. movie. He gets to kill one it's guy a whole with Stallone, movie. and then he's gone. <laughs> yeah, he he literally isn't done until the very end of the movie, where they all get on the roof to escape. Yeah, he finally escapes just as everyone else took the stairs and run past also, him. Also, I love that. Uh, uh, Harrison Ford shows up as their cavalry, uh, and then Flying it, the they, they fight for like 15 more minutes, and they're like, we gotta get out of here. We should go. We should go, instead of just like, we should all get to the roof immediately. Well, no, no, now it's, that we it's have a when they helicopter. discovered there was a second wave. They were like, oh yeah, we should probably think about evacuating. <laughs> oh yeah, they were like, well, we murdered everyone, I guess we'll... Oh no, second wave. Alright, we should they, probably... Now we gotta go. They definitely won the fight. God, mm-hmm. When, when Harrison Ford shows up in the, in the helicopter, it, it, it's pretty great, but I feel like they did like one too many... Uh, cut back to the cockpit for one of his like lines. Terrible did, quips. Did he, oh, yeah. did he at one point, his name is, is Agent Drummer. Yeah. Oh yeah, he definitely said Drummer in the house. <laughs> yeah, he said Drummer in the house. <laughs> drummer in the house. <laughs> Fuck this whole franchise. So he's right. just like, that's gonna hurt. <laughs> and then Jet Li's just shows oh, up. Oh, Jet Li's return yeah. is my favorite reasoning. He's, he's the only member of Trench's team that you get to see. 
It's amazing. Because Trench paid him more. Yeah, and he and it's a callback to his racist ass money grubbing money ways. grubbing ways from the first movie. Well, so in the first one he couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. And then this one he just barely made the plane his connection yeah. to get to, <laughs> to get to wherever the fuck they were shooting this. Uh <laughs> Yeah, like my thing is like the shooting, the shooting of people firing guns was fine. Yeah, it looked good. Um, they didn't cheat as much as they did in two, where it's the good guys would fire off screen and then bad guys would get killed in the next shot. Yeah, uh, there was more of like a visual continuation uh, continuity to it. Um, but the hand to hand stuff, like I said, is just bad. Like you have Ronda Rousey and you can't fucking shoot Ronda Rousey right. Yeah, it's just a bummer. It's too bad. I uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty good overall. I thought the last scene was pretty good. The hand-to-hand in this franchise has never been fantastic. Uh, but it it I didn't think it was as bad as... I, I think it was better than you're giving it credit. But I, I understand what you're saying. For the, for the amount of talent they had, it should have looked more natural. Especially for a dude taking over the raid. I'm sorry. The raid's like two years old. Yeah. It's a sacred text already. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 a gospel. It's in the Mount Rushmore. It's in the library forever. You're uh, just upset because you're fearing what's coming next. Yes, I do. Yeah. And because, it is going to be bad. You're because, looking too far ahead. Well, they're just he just didn't connect the dots with like the Rousey fight, which is interesting because the Rousey fight is within my favorite fight where Antonio Banderas kills a hundred dudes in the lobby. <laughs> oh, and then hits on her the entire time, yeah. which is amazing. I swear, I was thinking of you the whole time yeah <laughs> yeah oh it's so good yeah he get, he gets to creep on rousey the whole time and it's beautiful yeah and anyone who was worried about ronda rousey's acting abilities the fact that she was not immediately turned on by antonio banderas <laughs> hitting on her i think speaks volumes to to her discipline so how did comp- she even fake it how did yeah. she fake that so, she wasn't it, like just turned on immediately so fast five six seven fans and entourage the movie fans mm-hmm. She's got this. Yeah. She's able to resist Antonio Banderas. <laughs> um, and then at least we got a pool fight. Yeah, I know. Finally. <laughs> got a fucking pool fight. Oh, thank God. Uh, the, the, the Stallone-Mel Gibson fight at the end was kind of disappointing, except it was yeah. in an abandoned pool, and we got my favorite line from the entire franchise. Oh, my God. So, so, there, so Stallone, Stallone is told by Harrison Ford's character, it's like, when you bring in Mel Gibson, we want him alive. You have to take him to The Hague. <laughs> and then Stallone tells him, it's like, you know, Mel Gibson says, why don't you just kill me? So Stallone tells him, we gotta take you to the Hague. So Stallone gets the drop on, the Stallone gets the drop on Mel Gibson and pulls the gun and Mel Gibson's like, what about the Hague, huh? And Stallone shoots him and goes, I am the Hague. <laughs> I am the Hague. geographical location. Does Sylvester Stallone not know what the Hague is? No, of course <laughs> Does he doesn't. Does he know about the International Crime Court? He has or? no idea. And then later there's a fact where... There's a line where they're at the bar celebrating like they do at the end of every one of these movies. <laughs> is he goes, yeah. is Harrison Ford shows up and it's like, you never got him to the Hague. And, <laughs> and I just want to be like, oh, that's right, you weren't there. Um, so, I am the I Hague. Am the Hague. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I am the Hague. I, re- I really wish I had my earpiece in because I think you would have enjoyed that personally. <laughs> I think you would have liked to hear me say that I was the Hague. Let me set the scene for you. Abandoned pool. <laughs> we <Wolf> fighting, <laughs> hand to hand. Getting as good as I get, I, I shoot him like getting as good as I get. Man. I shoot him like five times. Some words were exchanged, and then I he do, goes. and then he says something, and I don't like it. So then I do, so I shoot him. So I shoot him one last time. But before I do that, I do this awkward leap down into a, a squat stance as I shoot him. 
Oh yeah, Stallone's fucking firing stance. <laughs> it's the way he runs. That's because he has to be poised to run it any it's time. Like, so he it's like a squat run. He was all holding in the crap into his pants, but that squat stance is where he crapped his See, pants. Like, he has to have his feet wide apart because at the top it pushes his butt cheeks back together, and that's how he shoots milk in the front. But it's still, it gave us the greatest line in this entire actor franchise of I am the Hague. I am the Hague. Oh, God. I hope Mel Gibson isn't dead. Like, he got shot a bunch. But his I whole hope thing, he's alive. But his whole thing is he got shot yeah. a bunch and then left for dead and was discovered alive. And then the building blew up. Listen, so for Expendables 4, I hope Mel Gibson comes back with his new partner, Liam Neeson. <laughs> Why isn't he in this? I am fan casting four with Liam Neeson as the bad guy. God damn it. So guys, I want to do a little uh, role playing here. I want to do a little role playing. Amazing. So all the Expendables are now on this uh, helicopter when they're they're, they're coming in. Uh, They're going to need to go through uh, some air traffic control. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you put on the mic? Mike's on the... uh, Stallone's got it first. They're like... Okay, uh, a helicopter. We see you coming in. What are you? What are this you is, for? This is EX three nine four requesting permission. Uh, is there anyone uh, else there? Put this. Can anyone else take this mic? Uh, yes, I got the mic Hello, now. We'd like to land, please. <laughs> we'd like to. Get- I'd like to apologize for them. They did. Yeah, we'd like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who this. Uh, sir, can put someone else on, someone- please. Please let me land for money. Okay, oh, next, okay. No, next one. Come on. Hello, I am the newest member of this team. I am so excited. To I'm so excited to talk to you to make this human connection. As we land, I will embrace you as a brother. I will hold you on the ground. Okay, anyone that speaks English, for the we, love of God, we're, we're just sending gonna... we're sending F-16s to shoot you the fuck out of the sky. <laughs> it's just Wesley Snipes, just low growling. And <laughs> um. So the, the Expendables franchise is there's there's very few like homegrown Americans involved in it, yeah. which is why I think uh, the action movie is the most American cinema because you've got all these guys who are born in other countries coming here to make their fortune mm-hmm. and making themselves great, and the movies are about dudes who through sheer force of will conquer impossible odds. Yeah, and I think that's why action movies are like the most American thing. They're and the why embodiment so many, yeah. of the American dream. It's it's it that's it exactly. Sure. It's murdering everyone who fucked with you and making impossible piles of money and sitting on top of guns. And I think that's why action movies are the most American genre. It's making paste of people who wish you harm. Yeah, it's 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 all these other people. Yeah. And, like, there's good other people, but they got to get on board. They, gotta they better come get over on here. board or they don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, maybe it's just the high off... Because we just saw the movie, and now we're recording this after it. I think I don't know if it's the high of coming off of three, but I think three's my favorite. Uh, I like three a lot. I think Banderas is my favorite Expendable. Maybe some hey, nice- it seems like the, the best thing about three is that I, I felt like the franchise was in a really good place to move forward. Way more than in one and two. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they introduced these characters that I actually really, really, really like. Mm-hmm. Like great additions. And I'm ready to move forward, and they have the younger team now that are kind of, like, going to join with the older team. And, like, it just felt like there's a lot to move forward to and actually maybe make a somewhat different film. Because they don't need personalities. They just need specialties. Yeah. Yeah. And now they could, like, split up into, like... Squads. Squads. And, oh, God, the next movie should be great. Here's the thing that I was pissed about, is I thought for sure... 
there's going to be a scene in like a locked, like very like no other doors in a hallway. Yeah. And Ronda Rousey and Randy Couture, we're just going to take lives. Oh and God! Just move why through not? The like, like now you can have, Hollywood like, give this movie to Matt. Like now you can have like the advanced squad of like Rousey, Randy Couture, and like Jason Statham is like the recon element that goes mm-hmm. in with like knives. Yeah. And just fucks people up. And then you've got like Dolph Lundgren and Terry Crews as like the heavy weapon specialists yeah. with the grenade launchers and the machine guns. And then you know Sly's like just. Uh, you know the command center, and like everyone's got. He a comes thing. in to do the squat kill shot. It the feels like they could shot. do real shit, and yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's one didn't leave me excited for two. I enjoyed two well enough, but three makes me very excited for four. Yeah. I hope, yeah, I hope this makes a shitload of money so we get four with Liam Neeson as the bad guy. Fuck yes. Oh god, what other action stars are they missing? Like, uh, I remember after the first one, we were all like, "Well, why isn't Snipes in there? Isn't why is Snipes? Where's Antonio Banderas? Now who are we missing? Now it's Vin uh, Diesel needs to come in. Yes. Oh, Vin Diesel would be great. Well, the basically, Rock, there does the Rock need to be a merger of Fast Five. Basically, basically everyone who was in Fast Five, Six, Seven. Yeah, you could bring them all in. I mean, uh, R.I.P. P. Walks. He he could be in there. P. Walks. P. Walks. And then life. eventually the Marvel Universe. <laughs> and then eventually <laughs> let's just bring in Chris Evans. Yeah. Oh my God, they need to bring in Idris Elba. Oh, he mm. shit. He'd never do it, but just make him as his evil self at the end of the Losers. Oh, God damn it. He would be impossible. Just make good. him just. Luther. He's Caesar's brother. That's it. Done. Done. Nick fixed it. He's <laughs> Caesar's brother. Did you guys hear that, Hollywood? Caesar's yeah, brother. Hollywood, we know you listen to us. Liam Caesar's Neeson. brother. Liam Neeson, Idris Elba, and then us as Triforce directors and writers. <laughs> I'm into it. Let's do it. Or Isaac Florentine from the, from the Universal Soldiers sequels. But, <laughs> Whatever. Um, Either one. So this has been a long one. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been Podcast Episode 5, The Expendables. 